Now everybody close your eyes and concentrate. Concentrate hard. It worked. It's here. The ice cream you've all been waiting for. Hey, wait for me. Gee, I love being a turtle. And you'll love Tip Top's new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ice cream. Awesome. Mike, Billy, Raphael, and Donatello here. How you guys doing? Listen, your dudes, Brandon and Jimmy. Mike, Billy, Brandon, and Jimmy. Sounds like a new pop group. Um... Tells me you guys are turtle freaks. Me too. I mean, they've sort of paid for my kids' braces and toilet paper and dog food and gas. Um, I love the turtles. They tell me you guys are starting your own uh, turtle podcast. What a great idea. It's not like you won't have an audience. I have to tell you guys, um, I go to a lot of cons around the world, literally Dubai, Ireland's uh, um Wales, UK, you know, the continent, whatever, uh, Australia, Canada, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama. I travel all around the world. Um, and uh, God, I have never in my life, and I've been around a long time, turtles do live forever, <clears throat> as it turns out, or almost. Um, I've never in my whole life seen anything like this franchise, ever. As you guys probably know, I started working on that stuff in 1987. I'm almost 40 years old. Canadian, which is 67 U.S. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, remarkable. The average age of the people who come to see me uh, at conventions, probably 40, 45. Uh, they always bring their kids. And now it's like three generations. I get people my age and older with their adult children, 40-ish, and then they bring their grandkids, and they all love Ninja Turtles. Men, women, I doesn't, it's incredible. Non-binary, you name it. Uh, there is something really, it's kind of like McDonald's. I mean, kids just, one day they kind of are cognizant of this thing called Ninja Turtles, and they want it. Um, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but man, it is such a cool thing uh, to be involved with this franchise. Uh, Thank you guys for pouring even more gas on this beautiful TMNT fire because it ain't it ain't going out anytime soon. Uh, you've hitched your star, hitched your wagon to a really cool green TMNT star. And uh, thanks. Welcome to the family. We got four new turtles wherever you guys live. So Mikey, Billy, Brandon, Jimmy, four new authentic official TMNTs. Um, Kalabunga, Buyakasha, Turtle Power. Go have yourself a hot fudge marshmallow, tuna fish, and Doritos pizza. And um, if you see Shredder, just say, Shredder, you tin-faced geek, get back here and taste cold turtle steel. Thanks again, you guys. Best of luck. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Kalabunga. I'm Brandon. Hey, it's Jimmy. I'm Billy. 
a mic. And that was Rob Paulson, guys. Oh my god, that was so cool. By the way, uh, everyone is listening to that for the first time right now. They ju- we all just got done listening to it. I hadn't even listened to the whole thing. I listened to a good part of it, but... Uh, Man, uh, Billy is showing us goosebumps right now. That was, <laughs> that was literally really, yeah. really oh, cool. Yes. Of them. Yeah, that was amazing. Because actually, last <laughs> night I was just teaching my son all about him and how he's done voices on all kinds of cartoons that my son watches. And, like just watching his face light up every time I mention another cartoon he had been on and another character. That I love that made. we got an Animaniacs cameo in there. Oh, by the way, right. that that caught me off guard. That was great. Yeah. I liked that. I liked it a lot. And we got a little, we got a little Raphael and Donnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I can tell the difference. Which is, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that little, the, like the kind right. of the the, the wisp. Well, unless he said the butt cannons thing. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that, that, that's what gave it away. Was yeah. The butt cannons. But yeah, I thought y'all would enjoy <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that was fantastic. Thank you, Brandon. The legend. Thank you for that, Brandon. So, guys, today we are going to talk the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. And by the way, welcome back to. The Tur- Turtle Cast. We're in episode three of six. We're, uh, you could say halfway there, Mike. Whoa. Like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bon Jovi yeah. references. Bon, bon Jovi reference. It took us three whole episodes to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Me, me and Mike like it's in Bon Jovi. But, yeah, before we get, start getting into the movies, we, I gave the guys a little bit of homework, and I did some myself. And I'm going to go ahead and read that homework to you, to you as well, and we're going to discuss it. So, I said, gentlemen, you have been handed the rights to produce your own live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. The script is stellar, your budget is unlimited, everyone wants to be a part of it. And on top of that, I'm also supplying you with a time scepter if you need it. Here's the deal, I need you to make some big decisions. First off, who is directing your TMNT movie? Are your turtles going to be CGI or people in suits like in the 90s? Or maybe you want to use some puppets. It's your call. Let me know what you decide. Most importantly, I need you to cast the falling rose with truly anyone. They can be actors, voice actors, athletes, celebrities, people you know from the bar or something. It doesn't matter. Or you can use the time machine and you can take a, a uh, existing actor right now and, and pluck them out of a different era. From if they've been like working for a while, like for a little bit, I was going to cast uh, Sylvester Stallone as Bebop. I didn't, but if I was, it was going to be Bebop from the 1980s, circa like Rocky Three. Perfect voice forward, by the way. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I went with somebody else, and I'll tell you why. I, I actually think Stallone's a stronger casting, but it this my Bebop makes sense with my rock study. That's fair. Uh, so I am going to go around the table and ask you. I'm going to ask everybody. Uh, questions about who you casted, uh, who's directing, and all that, and we're gonna just go one by one here. We're gonna, uh, I'm gonna first ask the whole table, who is the director of your turtle movie? And I'm going to start with Mike Waters. So, real quick, only prefacing this much because there's a few choices in my cast where you'll see the remnants of. Originally, I wanted live action, people in suits, but with CG to you know cover up creases, make everything look perfect. Originally, I went with Guy Ritchie. Hmm. Okay. I wanted, like, hardcore British gangster oh. version <laughs> I say, that of could be, that, could be, that would be dark. Right. Uh, but... But you like you some fun turtles. Well, this, this is why I, I think my actual choice, it just, he, he splits the difference perfectly, yeah. and that is Guillermo del Toro. 
Okay. Somebody That's a who, great one. Somebody nice. who could handle the mutants <laughs> and whatnot perfectly. Okay. strong. Man. Right. Yeah. And, and that bar is up here. Right. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I just one. think he's a. If you I look at like that. awesome. the the tone of like the Hellboy films, is a perfect example of what I want out of an Ninja Turtles movie. Because there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of comedy, but there's also really good story and and plenty of violence. So I'm guessing so, you're going to do suits. <coughs> well, yeah. Let's go ahead and like add that to your director. Are we going to do suits? We can do CGI, puppets, whatever you want. So uh, yeah, still, where do you, mean? you want to do suits? Yeah, still like I said, live action with the suits and just a little bit of CG to make okay. shit look a little bit prettier than we had in the 90s. Okay, that would be visually, visually stunning, if, right. if you ask me. Jimmy, who would be your director, and what kind of, uh, how would your mutants be? Would they be CGI, animatronic, what have you? Uh, I agree with Mike. I would go live action, 100%. Uh, men in suits with some CG enhancements. Uh, and I think, uh, I picked Matthew Vaughn, who did the Kings, oh, Kingsman films. That's a good oh, one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I like doing very this. Nice. Very nice. Stuff I Physical, right. but a lot of pop. There's, it pops. It whizzes and pops. And the di- dialogue flies, and it is very clever. Uh, Runner-up, Edgar Wright, is also a guy that deals with pop culture really well. But I think right. we want Matthew Vaughn, because really a turtle movie is an action movie with wisecracks. So I say let's go with Matthew Vaughn also did uh, X-Men First Class. Yeah. Well, I think he would be uh, good for the job. Fun fact, Jimmy had my copy of Kingdom for like five years. <laughs> I did, and I loved it. <laughs> loved it. Billy, who's your director <laughs> and what kind of mutants are you going to have? I'm going to have uh, costumes. Costume. Uh, awesome. A little bit of puppetry, not a whole lot. Okay. Just okay. a little bit of puppetry, but mostly costumes. And the director I pick, I don't know if any of you all are familiar with this director. Newt Arnold. No. I'm not familiar. Tell me uh, what's your resume. Yeah, let's say, give us a a filmography here. You ever seen the movie Bloodsport? Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. That That is Newt Arnold. Okay. Okay. I'm totally good with that. Derek Sturgeon is so mad at the three of us. He's somewhere. (laughs) So mad that we don't know Cursing the gods right now. Newt. Newt, is that N-E-W-T? Yes. That feels funny, too. (laughs) The guy named Newt is in the turtle film? Yes, yes. Okay. Exactly. Like that. Yes. All right, I'm I am also going with live action suits with maybe some CGI enhancements to it. And my director, I feel like mine is the most basic of everyone. So all everyone's really like good. Mine is James Gunn because I just feel like he, oh, well, he, he does great. He does a he does a cast of misfits really good, mm-hmm. as you see from the Guardian trilogy as well as uh, the Suicide Squad movie that he did. Um, also, the man knows a good soundtrack, and I feel like mm. like Turtles, you need a good soundtrack. Yes. So I picked uh, James Gunn for mine. So now we're going to get into the casting of it all. I'm going to go around. We're going to do one character at a time. <coughs> so I'm, this time I'm going to start with Billy. Who would you cast as Raphael? Mike. As in me? Yes, as in me. Mike Waters. I said we can cast people we know. That is correct. Mike okay. Waters is my voice. I'm good with that. Am I, the, am I the one in the suit or is it my voice? You're the one in the suit. Okay. <laughs> that makes way more sense. But you're also, you're also, but you're also, uh, the, you're voice. also the voice. I oh, can't okay. wait to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing you're not is anything. Raphael with muffin top. The only thing you're not is anything with... Uh, any we'll use of, the shell, man. Any kind of martial arting or whatnot, that'd be, you know, stunt doubles type right. thing. Uh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be the only turtle without a stunt double? Actually, so all my shit just looks like trash. <laughs> <laughs> this is a high-pitched movie, sir. I don't know if that's going to fly. Okay, Newt, fair Newt casted a good person there. <laughs> Jimmy, who do you have for your Raphael? Um, I, I, it's live action. I can't picture anyone different than my four guys from, from 1990. 
Um, so I'm sticking with The Voices from 1990. That was Michael Insisti, um, uh, Corey Feldman, Brian Tochi. Oh, you're doing all of it. Yes, I would okay. pick the four guys. I can't remember the special I'll names. I'll allow that. I'll allow that. Uh, but it's my four guys from the 1990 film. Okay. Because they're they're the turtles to me. That's that's totally fair, I think. Uh, Mike, who you got for Raphael? All right, so I'm going big, huge blockbuster with pretty much all my casting decisions. A lot so of my, mine are, too. My Raphael is Tom Hardy. Hmm. Okay, okay, I like that. He could hit the tone yeah, of Raphael yeah. really well. And he can come up with a funny voice to it. Right. Yes, yes. Can we hear your Bane really quick, by the way, Mike? Why would you want to hear my Bane voice? <laughs> Mike has a really good Bane. So the goddamn <laughs> pasta maker! <laughs> I thought we should share that with the world. Uh, for Raphael, for me, I, I'm going back in time to like the early 90s, late 80s, whenever Goodfellas came out, and I am casting Ray Liotta from Ooh. that time. I feel like he's very emotional, yeah. very intense, and he also has kind of that New York accent the that we, we came to love from the 90s turtles. So next we're going to go with... Michelangelo. We already know who uh, Jimmy picked for Michelangelo. So, Mike, tell me who you picked for your Mike. Chris Pratt. Okay. I, um, Another I'm one who that. I think he, he that. has the, the My director timing. will be mad that you casted him and that he did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he's got the comedic timing and, and the chops and whatnot. And, and yeah, he'd just be perfect for the role. Think, think Andy yeah. Dwyer, but okay. coming out of Michelangelo's body. Billy, who do you have for Michelangelo? Uh, me, as a matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I see where this is going. By the way, I would watch the shit out of this. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Shameless <laughs> self-promotion. Really? Like, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to be like the Roger Corman version. <laughs> <laughs> we can actually... sitting down with a pillow on his back. <laughs> I, and, by the way, I cannot wait to talk later about who some of the... People wanted to cast it as the Turtles back in 1990. There's some. Oh, that's There's weirder casting than what Billy's doing right now. I feel like the guy who directed Bloodsport is probably available. So we could probably, So far, we can make this movie so that far. you're putting together. I just, I'm, I'm so far, but yeah. not all the way. It's going to veer. It's definitely going to veer. My Michelangelo might be a little bit on the nose because of the cartoon coming out in 1987. This is somebody from the 80s as well, but a little bit earlier in the 80s. I'm picking from. Fast Times at Richmond High, Spicoli himself, uh, Sean Penn from the Spicoli area. He's the original party dude. Why not play the party dude that is the turtle? Respect. Next up, we got Leonardo, the, the leader of the, of the pack. Billy, who do you have casted as Leonardo? Gee, I wonder who's going to play Leonardo here. Uh, Brandon. <laughs> All right. I like this. I like this. Right. I, I accept that casting. <laughs> Mike, who would you pick for your Leonardo? My pick for Leonardo is Christian Bale. I told okay. you, I'm spending okay. all the money on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I told you, the budget is yeah. There is no budget. But he's yeah. another one, just that tonal-wise, I think he'd be perfect for Leonardo. And we're going from Batman to my pick, who has been uh, uh, quite a few characters, including Captain America. I'm going with Chris Evans. Nice. I always, I when I read the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books today, he's actually the voice that I picture when, uh, when Leonardo, Leonardo talks. Oh. I just like him as kind of a leader type, kind of like Captain America. I know it's a little typecasted, but it works. And we'll yeah. be talking about Chris Evans later, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and I'm, I'm we will. yes, we will. Which yeah. we that, will. that caught me off guard. Right? But we will talk about that. Yeah, um, we will. And next up, we got Donatello. I'm guessing you're going to pick Jimmy for that one. You Billy? better pick me. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Let me see. Let me here. Um, Corey Feldman. <laughs> yes, Jimmy Humphrey will be Donatello in this film. All right, I like that. I like that. I'm Mike, on board, Mike. Who do you pick for your Donatello? So, mine's a little bit like Billy's. It's a little close to Jimmy. They're a little bit similar, but I went with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Crispin Glover. <laughs> the fact Michael that B. Jordan, wait a minute. <laughs> the fact that you didn't <laughs> know 
can be so I'm still computing Christmas. I was like, what's that guy's name? Oh yeah, Crispin Glover. Who would Michael be? B. Jordan, yeah, that yeah, yeah, no, looks just like him. Crispin Glover probably would be just fine, but yeah, no, I was just trying to get a joke to land. But yeah, Michael B. Jordan I would be Michael my, B. Jordan. my Donatello. Uh, for my Donatello, I picked uh, Patton Oswalt. Mm. I just Ooh. feel like he would be yeah. great as kind of yeah. that tech smart his, girl. His, his tone would be yeah, good for yeah. He's also, <laughs> like Chris Evans, I actually picture him when I uh, read the books. Right. All right, uh, Jimmy, you get to come back for this one. We're going to talk Janika. Uh, who, Jenica. Jenica. Yeah, Jenica. Jimmy, who did you cast as Jenica? Uh, I was looking, I don't know much about Jenica as a character, but I wanted a voice that's... Which is what I liked about putting her on here, by the way. I wanted a voice that was different from my 90s guys, and I wanted an accent, and I want to get, I want to get some Pew in this movie. I want Florence Pugh doing kind of like her Black Widow voice, something like that. Okay, uh, for okay. Jenica, doing the voice. I like that. All right. Uh, Billy, who do you have for Jenica? All right, this is not one of us or anybody you know, mm-hmm. personally. But it, just imagine this movie with us being next to this. <laughs> no, this is, this <laughs> He's is leading up. Actress. He's leading up. This is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Cynthia Rothrick from the 1980s. Okay. From the 1980s. Right. I, 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 I said that. That's good. We could still that. make this. We could still we make, make it. This. We could still make this. Work. Work. We're just going to travel around the conventions for the next year <laughs> and do our movie. Cynthia Rothrick from the 80s, though. Not current. Okay. We can do a CG thing. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who do you have for Jenica? Uh, I actually went with Samara Weaving, so, uh... Huh? Oh. Yeah, right? So, uh, Jimmy, thank, we just talked about Florence Pugh. She's gonna get jealous. So thank, like, Mayhem, and I, I believe that was her in The Sitter as well on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's, she's in Scream recently? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She's Scream. Oh, opening yeah. in the Scream. new Scream movie, yep. actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's, she's almost Margot Robbie is another way to kind of describe yeah. her. Yeah, I can but I, I think just because I've seen her do stuff like Mayhem, I like Samara Weaving a little bit better personally. Okay. Uh, and she's, it, again, not to keep talking about the movie, but if none of you have seen Mayhem, I highly recommend it. It's so much mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. It's good. I picked uh, newcomer Halle Bailey, uh, who Ooh. is uh, Ariel <laughs> in the most recent yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I wanted to go at, I wanted one of my turtles should not be a. I, I pick a bunch of white guys. I'm sorry. I just really like them in the part. But I was just like, I want to kind of change it up for Jenica. Or uh, and I was just like, she's really great up and coming actress. I think she would blow it away. So next up we have Splinter. Which, by the way, is everybody using the Splinter puppets from the original movies on this one? Yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> yes, to a certain point in the movie, and that has to do with the story that I, I created. That I know we're not talking about our stories, <laughs> but you can't tell me to think about something without expecting me to overthink I, about something. I was always thinking either we go with the puppet or we go with Tony Shalhoub. So I'm going to go with the puppet. Uh, we're, I, I do actually have something to say about my movie whenever we get done. Okay, look at look at that. Look at that. Just the type. But first, Splinter. Um, Jimmy, let's go with you again. Uh, who do you have cast today as your Splinter? Uh, to balance out my 90s guys, I do my, my, my 90s Splinter. There is nothing better than that nine, 1990s Splinter puppet. Okay. And, of course, we're going to have Kevin Clash do the voice. Elmo! He, uh, Elmo do the voice. Elmo! Yes. The voice is perfect. Yes. yes, yes, it is perfect. I actually almost <laughs> picked him for mine, but I went with somebody and else. We're going to ignore any kind of controversy as far oh, as yeah. casting <laughs> is concerned and just move on to the next person. Yes, yes. Uh, Billy, who do you have for Splinter? Okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Phil Fondacaro. Explain, please. <laughs> you okay, Jimmy? No. <laughs> hey, um, Phil Fondacaro was, uh, he was in. Why? <laughs> why not? I mean. He, why not? Okay. Phil Fondacaro is around the same height as Splinter is. 
That's not why I would need you to explain, Billy. Phil Phil from 1980 is from when he's in Troll. Okay. I, uh, okay. That did help a little bit, at least. There's a little bit of context. Okay. Now. So, you, earlier you said that you read these out to your mom. What did your mom say to some of these? This is insane. I love it. It's insane. She didn't get to Phil Ponicaro. She didn't get to Phil uh, I didn't tell you that. She fit right in at this table, then. You said I could choose any. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, oh, we love it. We and love it. I, I watched the hell out of this thing. Right. It's already uh, got us in it. Yeah. it Mike, who do you have in Splinter? All right. So part of the reason that I chose who I chose... Oh, also, just to point this out. So with certain characters, I wanted to keep them with Japanese actors. Yeah. And then I realized every Japanese actor that I knew was Chinese. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Literally that's, every that's, person that's that I looked that up. something that happens a lot in the movies I looked <laughs> up. And I felt like such uncultured swine looking up no. so many like, also, at the end of my movie, I have Splinter. Movie. I have Splinter turning back into a human. Uh, okay. So I need somebody who would be good and, and striking Amato, in that and work well. Yoshi. That's good. Right. Yeah. I like that. yeah. So to keep connective tissue to previous movies and whatnot, I actually went with Ernie Reyes Jr. Hmm. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Very good. Hats off to you. That's a good one. Thank <laughs> you. I, I just and admittedly, like we were talking about earlier. He still looks really good, so he doesn't look as old as I would need him to be when yeah. he turns back into Hamato Yoshi, but we can put some makeup on him and whatnot, and hopefully he can do a good old man voice. <laughs> my uh, my Splinter would actually be one that's a guy that's actually played Splinter already, and it's it's not Elmo, it's uh, Jackie Chan. I always oh, thought Jackie Chan yeah. would be a great Splinter, yeah. and I, I would probably cast like a younger Jackie Chan so we could get the Hamato Yoshi of it all. But Ooh, if there's like flashbacks, yeah, the movie yeah, yeah give me that. some Rumble the Bronx like era of, uh, Jackie yeah. Chan for that. Uh, next up, this is a big one. April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with Mike on this one. Who do you have casted as your April I O'Neil? Love that you're starting with me because this is probably my favorite pick of the bunch. Okay, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, nice. okay, yes, that's that, <laughs> very nice. So I'm thinking like Ghostbusters Sigourney Weaver as that's, April. That's really O'Neil. good. And, yeah. yeah, and I can see her in the jumpsuit. All right. right. Uh, Billy, who you have for as April O'Neil? All right, everybody's been enjoying our movies thus far. <laughs> E.G. Daly. Hey! <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I just watched yes. that last night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Daly. Yes. And also, if I'm not mistaken, Rugrats. Oh, uh, yeah, she's yep. Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. She is, yes. But Very, very accomplished voice actor, actually. Her from 1980s, of course. Nice. I'm a rebel. I'm a loner. Jimmy, who do you have? As your April O'Neil. Some of you know me really well, and you know I've talked about this over the years. Do you know who my dream April O'Neil has always been? I honestly do not, I don't think. I do not. I've got an idea about it. I'm sure it. I've heard it before, but I don't remember. <sighs> um, well, it's Howard the Duck era, Leah oh, Thompson. No. Oh, okay. Whenever oh, I, When I watched that movie and that Turtles came out, I was like, that's April O'Neil. And of course, uh, Howard didn't go so well for her, so I could see how she <laughs> wouldn't want to come back and work with... Uh, uh, with guys in costumes, but to me, uh, that she'll always be a live action April O'Neil in my brain. Me, I'm going to go back to the year 2007. You know, long ago, the world is very different. <laughs> to the Enchanted Era, Amy Adams ah, for my ooh. April O'Neil. Okay. I just feel I like Amy Adams. I feel like okay. her, especially from that time period, because she's a little bit younger, would be the perfect like spitting image of an April O'Neil. And she's very like, you know, she's very tough too. So right. I think she'd be great. Uh, next up, we have Shredder, the big, big bad. Uh, Billy, who do you have casted as your Shredder? I have Ken Watanabe. Oh, oh that's a nice. great one. That's actually. a very good one. That's a great one. I did, did not pick, I, I, I would have thought of it. We should yeah, have thought of that, too. It's a good one. Uh, Mike, who do you have for your Shredder? 
uh, with uh, connecting things a little bit to Billy's movie, actually. Straight from Bloodsport, Bolo <laughs> Young. Oh, okay, nice. okay. I'm okay with that. Another actor who is not Japanese. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jimmy, who is your uh, shredder? I had a problem with this one because uh, most of the time he'll be in costume. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of mine really would be unknowns uh, for a while, but I had to pick somebody. Yeah. Um. So I picked uh, I picked John Cho. Okay. Oh. I think that one too. Yeah. Uh, just because when he the mask comes off and he he's scarred, he's a good looking guy, and it would be funny. To, it, he'd, he'd be scarred, and there would be some kind of tragedy. Uh, he could play the flashback. So I went with Harold, or was he Kumar? It was Harold. Was it was Harold. 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 Oh, yeah. That's okay, Harold. Harold. Yeah. I am going to get out the time setter, go back in time to a bygone era, to a guy that is pretty well known by all. I casted for my shredder, Bruce Lee. Mm, nice. I, am. I thought about him as my you're, splinter. You're going form. to have Jackie Chan versus yeah. Bruce Lee. <clears throat> Hong Kong '97. That, that would yep. be, you know, you know. That would be that would be fantastic. And Brad Pitt could kick his ass. Next up, this is one that I've wanted to cast for over 20 years. Who do you have as your Casey Jones, Mike? Again, I feel like this is just mindless casting. It's so obvious. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's not obvious to me, but I I like that. I like that. that. I I like that as well. I like that. Billy, who do you have as your Casey Jones? All the way back from 1970s. Every which way but loose star, Clint Eastwood. (laughs) (laughs) I am that is that's fantastic. Can we write a scene where he yells at a chair just to do it? And I, okay. And I want him to go to that job interview with the mask on. <laughs> yes. He'll have the voice. He'll have yeah. the voice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, Perfect. That's why I picked him. <laughs> Jimmy, who did you cast as your Casey Jones? Uh, in my version of this, Casey Jones never removes his mask. So he could be random actor man. It doesn't matter. But his voice... Chris Pratt, just because I want everyone listening okay. to this to groan out loud. <laughs> and he needs to do an accent. Yes, let him do an accent. Yeah. I picked somebody that I've always wanted to see as Casey Jones. Keanu Reeves. Oh, I'm from the 90s, like yeah. the era. Point, nice. point I just, break? Uh, I, am, yeah. I have always, every time I've read a Turtle comic, that's the voice I've always imagined. Kind of, I just feel like he would <laughs> kill it. Whoa, Leo! <laughs> Next up, Krang. Jimmy, who did you pick for Krang? Uh, no one can do Krang but Pat Fraley from I, the '87 I, cartoon. I also picked Pat Fraley. I also picked Pat Fraley. Perfect. Uh, I, who did, I you did pick? not, although I do 100% agree with you all. I just went with somebody who I thought would nail having an awesome voice, not so much an awesome Krang impression, and I went with Tim Curry. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I approve of that. Yeah. I was way better than Brad Garrett. I was waiting for oh you to say God, me. Oh my God, I watched that we'll, one earlier. We'll get there. We will get <laughs> there. Oh, I should have sure. picked you. You should have. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody yeah. to say I'll me. cast Billy as Nobody Nobody You do a pretty bang up voice, but mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't want an impression in but, my movie. True. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but who would be the voice of your leatherhead, Mike? Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of keeping more so with the. The guy Richie leftovers and whatnot, and keeping in like the British gangster kind of feeling. Uh, I really like the British aspect of that leatherhead. Alan Rickman. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I would yes. watch the shit out. And again, this is just voice. Oh yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. we're not turning <laughs> Alan Rickman into I, an alligator. I always would wonder what like a suit version of Leatherhead would look like. And I want him to if if I'm if we're going this far with it, I would want him to look more like the 2012 cartoon mm-hmm. kind of leather where he's almost more killer croc than killer. leatherhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I do want it to be a little more serious. So mm-hmm. like, sorry, but the the crocodile Dundee hat's just gonna kind of kill yeah. the vibe. Oh, they they took that away from like all 
pretty much all the versions well, of them cool. after that. Uh, Jimmy, who do you have as Leatherhead? I like this one because I could see them doing. I'm actually see them doing this. I'm gonna pick you, Boy Hopper. I'm gonna go with David Harbor oh, no, uh, doing the like Boy Leatherhead. Okay. I like that Very one nice. a lot. Very nice. Uh, Billy, who do you have as your Leatherhead? All right, here goes my Leatherhead. Uh, 1970s st- uh, character who's in Jaws, Mr. Robert Shaw. Oh, oh okay. Nice. okay. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, for my Leatherhead, I am going to take Ron Perlman. Mm, nice. I just feel like he could do the nice. gross thing nice. very well. Next up, we have Bachelor Stockman. I'm going to start with me because you all know who I already put. Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, nice. I think he very was... Nice. And we'll talk about it later. I think he... Had a huge missed opportunity in the new movie, but he he just looks and in my and when I read the comic, it, he sounds like Baxter, Baxter Stockman. Mike, who do you have as your Baxter Stockman? I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Oh, that's a good okay, one. That's okay, a, that's, that's a great one. one. Yeah, that's a that's great one. I think he's, he's, he's a phenomenal. Phenomenal. Actor. Actor. Everything I've seen him in, so phenomenal I have full actor. faith for him to be. Pretty much any character on this list, mm-hmm. even the the females, he'd probably kill that oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, that, I figure he'd be good for for Baxter. Jimmy, who you have for Baxter Stockman? Uh, I've never said the name out loud, but I love this actor, and you all probably love him too. I went with uh, Jamon Hunsu. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Also, the audience, yes. Uh, yes. was just in Shazam too. Yes. Uh, who is? Who are you? Uh, uh, who? I'm, I'm the Star Citizen. Yeah. I'm Star Lord. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, Constantine. Yeah. Or whatever that is. Amistad? Wasn't that also him? Probably. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That so, movie's yeah. too classic for us. I believe so, yes. Well, I think that was like his first big movie, so that's why it, my it brain is always yeah. attached to that face to that name. Uh, Billy, who did you pick for Back to the Stock? Uh, from the 1990s, a little film called Spawn, Keith David. Oh, 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 yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. That's a good one. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. jealous of that pick, actually. Yeah, that's a really pick. So next, we're going to do a twofer. I want your bebop and your rock steady, and we're going to start with Billy. All right, Jimmy, you're going to enjoy this one. My bebop and rock steady, all the way from the 1970s. <laughs> little, like, like Casey's like Casey Kasem over here. He's, He's just going back to the 70s, <laughs> rounding everybody up, taking them back. This one's going back to the 1970s. <laughs> a little bit of a comic duo, Tim Conway and Harvey Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay with that. I am nice. okay with that. That's good. That's Mike, good. Who, do you, who is your bebop and rock steady? So I went with a uh, complete opposite direction. I do not want them to be bumbling fools of mine. This is a little <laughs> oh. bit left over from the Guy Ritchie version of my movie. Uh, but for bebop, I went with Richard Armitage, who okay. uh, did voice work on the Castlevania uh, Netflix anime. He was the one that did Trevor's voice. He's also Thorin mm-hmm. in the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for Rocksteady, I went with Graham McTavish, who was also uh, oh, in oh, okay. Castlevania and The Hobbit, yeah. but he did Dracula's voice in Castlevania. And they just, they have great voices, and I'd like to see a version of Bebop and Rocksteady where they're as feared as giant mutants should be. Yeah. So I think if they had those kind of voices coming out of them, it would be a little easier to believe them as threats. Okay. Okay. Jimmy, who do you have as your Bebop and Rocksteady? I didn't have any big ones for this, so I decided just to go with Rogan and Cena uh, from Mutant Mayhem okay. um, because they were in it, but they didn't, they didn't make much of an impact, but I think they're it's good casting. So let's bring them back and give them more to do. I like that. I like that. My Bebop and Rocksteady also includes a former wrestler. My Rocksteady, I'll start with Rocksteady because Bebop doesn't make sense without the context, I feel like. My Rocksteady will be... The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. The Rock Steady. And The Rock Steady, which I didn't think of that till right now. Now I hate this. Dwayne The Rock Steady Johnson. Now I hate this choice. But uh, Bebop, 
I said originally I had Stallone, but I was like, I want somebody that can work off The Rock really good. So I picked Kevin Hart. Uh, oh! Because I feel like he could be, huh. he could do kind of the silliness, but also still be serious at the same time. Uh, so yeah, Kevin Hart is my Bebop, The Rock. <laughs> I hate that now that the rock steady. Dwayne the rock steady Johnson. Dwayne the rock steady Johnson, 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 Johnson is who yeah. I cast it as rock steady. Uh, next up, Karai. I have a feeling a lot of us are going to pick the same person. I doubt it. I'll start with Billy then. <laughs> who is your Karai? Angela the Mao. She's not from the 1970s. She is from the 1970s. Oh, okay. She was in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. Touche. Yes. Uh, Mike, uh, who is your Karai? <laughs> I went with Lucy Liu. That's my Karai. That's who I picked. Yeah. And I picked her and from, uh... Kill Bill. Oh. That's I'm, thinking I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Charlie's Angels, Lucy Liu. So we were almost... It's there. not that far. It was oh. only like three years between yeah. those two, I think. Uh, Jimmy, who did you pick as your Karai? Uh, really, the Karai part should be like... Uh, they should pluck an unknown actress from inter- from an international film and be like, and introducing blah blah blah. Well, I actually thought about doing that. So uh, that's so what that. they should do. But I had to pick somebody, so I picked. I think the actress' name is Gemma Chan. Uh, she was actually in the Eternals. Oh, and, she's great. And I think she'd be good. Uh, but I do think it should be a, a discovery, an ingenue okay. that plays the part. Interesting. All right. Next and finally, the Rat King. Billy, who do you have as the Rat King? Can I go last on this this one this time around? Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Jimmy, who do you have as the Rat King? This is my favorite one because if anyone's listening to this who can make this happen, he would be great. I picked, I've never said his name out loud, but I love him. He was just in Oppenheimer, David Dasmalkian. Hmm. Well, who is he in Oppenheimer? Uh, he, well, he's the polka dot man. He's polka oh, dot guy okay. in the oh, Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. okay. uh, he's a creepy guy in all movies now. <laughs> he's in like a bunch of DC yes. movies. Yeah, and he was in the Dark Knight. He was in the Dark Knight. Yeah, I just think dark night, polka he has dot a man. great face. Uh, he lives in a and sewer. Uh, he's, I would love, I think he'd be a great uh, Rat King. Okay, I like that. Uh, Mike, who do you have as your Rat King? We made it this far down the list of my Guillermo del Toro movie, and I haven't <laughs> said his name yet. Is it Doug Jones? It's, it's interesting you say that because it was either going to be Doug Jones or Ron Perlman, and I went with Ron Perlman okay, because of got, the voice. Okay, okay. Because I think Very his nice. voice would be more. And I'm thinking more. You can you can cast you Doug, can cast Jones, Doug Jones, Jones the body and just have him like you know lip sync. I mean, I kind of Downey Jr. Yeah. in that Elton John video, man. I mean, I wouldn't 100 percent hate that because then I'd be able to get them both in there. But my choice was Ron Perlman again, okay. mostly. Because I see him like in the shadows talking from afar, and that voice coming out of the shadows is a lot more striking than okay. Doug Jones, who I do love. <laughs> My Rat King is from the 1990s, White Man Can't Jump, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I, I love that that's the movie nice. you went with for yeah. reference for this character, <laughs> not, not the uh, not Natural not Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Right. White Man Can't Jump, Woody Harrelson. Now, Billy, yes. who is your Rat King? This will be the final of the casting. Matt, My Rat King. Was from 1990s, a little movie called Drop Dead Fred, Rick Mayo. It's <laughs> another good one. Okay, nice. okay. So, did, nice. uh, did you say you had a name for your movie, Jake? I don't have a name, but I know that I would have uh, designs by Stan Winston and uh, Rick Baker. Oh, nice. Good choices. Good, good choices. Very good. And I know that the uh, synopsis of my movie would be a blood, blood sport esque movie, hence, hence Newt Arnold. Right. Uh, we're, uh, he knows what he's good at. <clears throat> starring the Turtles and other mutants, where Shredder and Krang are culprits behind the tournament. Okay. I would watch that. <laughs> Can we call it Tournament Fighters? It would be the oh, movie based on the we game. We call it Tournament Fighters. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. That sounds like a great video game. 
Introducing Leatherhead, the evil Cajun Gator. Leatherhead, these are your targets, the friends of the Ninja Turtles. Yusaki Yojimbo, the Samurai Rabbit. Casey Jones, the Sports Warrior. And Metalhead, the robotic turtle vending machine. Destroy them! Whoa, better watch the old blood pressure, Shredhead. All right, thank you all. That was uh, that was fantastic. All of y'all were great. Uh, thank you once again for joining us for yet another installment of TurtleCast, where four middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtle fans come together to wax poetic about our favorite heroes in a half shell. This is the third of six episodes that I mentioned earlier, covering covering the nearly forty-year history of teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I will be making these guys watch the Christmas special and possibly an adult-oriented movie for our big finale episode. But today. It's just the theatrical Whoa, releases. Oh, don't make us watch porn. <laughs> we are going to dive into the making of these movies, not the porn movies. <laughs> we're going to look at the cast of the films, and then each of us are going to give our thoughts on each film. We're going to talk about what we liked. We're going to talk about what we didn't like. But first, we have to get, go to where it all began back in 1990. March 30th of 1990, to be precise. Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It came out, as I said, March 30th, 1990, directed by Steve Barron. The budget was $13.5 million. That seems like such little money in right. today's world. They grossed $202 million. Guys, do you yeah. remember seeing the first Turtle movie? And where were you? When was it? I'm going to start with the Otis of the Bunch. Jimmy, did you see it in theaters? Do you remember seeing it? Give, yes. me, give me the story. Uh, I saw it at Green, Sheet, uh, Green Tree 10. Oh, um, that is a mall in Indiana for those who don't know. To keep you up on the local uh, ways of the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I saw it. I don't remember if I saw it the weekend it came out. Um, I might have seen it twice. I don't know. Back in the day, it was kind of hard to talk your parents to take you back again for another showing of the film. Uh, I think me and my friend Mark saw it. Hey, Mark, you're not listening to this, but hey, Mark. hope everything's well. Um, and I loved it. Um, spoilers, it's my favorite of any favorite of any turtle thing uh so it means a lot to me and uh eventually i'll we'll talk about the moments that uh that are the best uh billy do you remember seeing it for the first time i do remember seeing it, Did you uh, see it in theaters i saw it in theaters yes how old uh, were you then? Uh, 90, I would have been nine years old. Okay, okay. Uh, did you go, who did you go with? Did you go with parents? Uh, had it been parents. I mean, there wouldn't have been nobody else to take me unless there had been a babysitter, but I don't recall a babysitter taking me to see Turtles. So she would have been like 17. I might have been crushing on her. So <laughs> I know it wasn't, I know it wasn't a babysitter. I would say, I, I'd say it was probably a parents. Uh, did they go with you? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, Mine yes. didn't. Really? They just dropped me off. They just dropped you off. I was a little older, so. Yeah. They're like, just go fend for yourself. <laughs> they're they're not going to go watch. They're like, oh, I don't want to watch that turtle. You see my dad watching the turtle movie with me? <laughs> I would love to see your dad watch the turtle movie with you. He took me to see the Smurfs and the Magic Flute when I was like three or four. Oh. It's the first movie I ever saw. Sorry, Brandon, that's off topic. Oh, no, 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 go ahead and talk about that. turtles. <laughs> talk about I don't talk recall about where. <laughs> I don't recall where exactly I saw it at. That was theater. That's yeah. a shame. It is. It's a shame I, that we don't know that. Yeah, I don't recall that. I'm sorry. So I saw this in either theaters or the drive-in. I don't remember. I know I saw it in theater. I saw it before it came out on VHS. I remember when it came out on VHS, it was a big deal that I get mm -hmm. that VHS. Because um, the VHS was green, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. I've, I've got a copy oh, of it somewhere deal. in storage. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a little bit younger. My, I, in March of 1990, I was four uh, at this time. My first uh, movie I saw in theaters was the previous year, 1989, which was 
uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, that was my first movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> so this had to be one of probably my first like five or ten movies I ever saw in theaters, if not the drive-in. I don't like I don't remember which one it was, but yeah, I saw it with my parents. This is one thing that my dad told me years later. I remember saying was. Hey, I actually went to that uh, Sea Turtles with you, and it didn't suck. And I was happy about that because all kids' movies sucked. They, uh, you made me watch back then. So I, uh, Good yeah, Richard. I, he's he's a trooper. Um, Mike, uh, now I know you're a little bit younger. You didn't see it in theaters, did you? Because you had to be like you had to be I two. I would have been one. two, and my parents aren't dicks, so they didn't take a two-year-old to the movie theater. That's good. Uh, do you even at a kid's movie, that's still a dick movie, yeah, by the way. I agree. Yeah. Very much so. Because the other kids can't enjoy while you're... Anyway. No. <laughs> while you're sucking on a teat. Well, do you remember <laughs> Do you remember seeing uh, the movie? Uh, first you time sucking I saw on a teat? Right. <laughs> you know, you said teat. You could have said anything else. There may, have, <laughs> there may have been a point, I guess, where I could have been sucking on a teat and watching I, I don't think so, though. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that was... <laughs> but yeah, first time I saw it would have would have definitely uh, would have definitely been the VHS tape. Would have been the first way that I ever saw the first one. All right, we're going to go over the cast really quick, and then we're going to talk about the cast in turn. Uh, we have Judith Hogue as April O'Neil. By the way, if I'm just saying any of these names wrong, feel free to correct me because if anybody listens to Almost Got Them, I am horrible with names. <laughs> Yes. In which we have Elias Codius. <laughs> Is that a, we think. We, we think. think it's Elias Codius as Casey Jones. Raphael's voice is a jo- Josh Pye. Josh Pace. And, and I believe he also did the suit as well. I, think I couldn't find anything about the suit. Uh, Leonardo's voice was Brian Tucci. Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, yes. The suit was David Foreman. Leonardo, well, I just said that. Donatello, the voice was uh, Corey Feldman. The suit was Leif Tilden. Michelangelo's voice was Robbie Wrist. Uh, the suit was Michelin or Michaelin Sisti. Michael and Sisti, I think. Michael, Michael and Sisti. Isn't this weird? His yeah. name is Michael and Yeah, Michelangelo. That's Michael strange. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Splinter's <laughs> voice is Ke- the uh, immoral Kevin Clash, a.k.a. Elmo. Uh, he's played by a puppet. <laughs> but that, I love that puppet. The best puppet ever. Uh, the head thug is Sam Rockwell, which I had no freaking clue about. <laughs> uh, Shredder's voice is David McCarran, but the guy in the suit is James Saito. Uh, and also, Skeet Ulrich and Scott Wolf are uncredited uh, Foot Clan members. Huh. Guys, what do we think of this cast? I think it's phenomenal. I think it's great. Uh, no... Definitely nothing bad to say about it. Uh, one interesting thing that I, I didn't hear you mention. So, in the scene where we first meet Casey Jones, with yep. him and Raphael, one of the thugs that is trying to rough up April at the time is actually the same actor that played a young Tommy in Goodfellas. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did not know that. So, fun fact. That's my one for this movie. <laughs> uh, who, who do you think is the best casting in this particular movie? Is uh, it Judith Hogue or Elias Codius? I'd definitely go April. Jimmy? Uh, oh, hell, let me let me think about that. Uh, well, the voice for Splinter. Uh, well, yeah, Kevin Clash is total MVP. Um, I think just all the voices of the Turtles are, that's why I picked them. Are fantastic. They're, they're just, they're yeah. perfect to me. Yeah. Like, they're not, 
They don't have to pick one. And some of them are well. Some of them are known people, but they're not too well known. They're not like big celebrities. So (laughs) you're just like, yeah. yeah, I mean, we knew that voice, but it was (laughs) like it just Feldmeister. He wasn't doing Corey Feldman. He was just being Donatello, really. So it's just like those four. They're just perfect voices for those characters. So. some uh, and th- these are not fun facts. Uh, these are separate. Sorry, <laughs> I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the 1990 movie because it is kind of you the know, best. It's the original, and spoiler, it's a lot of people are going to find it the best. Not everyone, like everyone has different favorites, but uh, I have a feeling most of this panel is going to say this is their favorite when we do the uh, lightning round a little bit later. But I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the making of the movie. Uh, the script is based on the comics mainly this time around, not the cartoon. There's some cartoon stuff in there, like, say, uh, their love for pizza, the colored bandana as April as a reporter, and Mikey as a party dude. That's all from the cartoons. But it mainly uh, takes stuff from the comics, like the origins, the rooftop battle, uh, when Raphael gets his butt handed to him. It, it's Leonardo in the comics, but it's basically the exact same scene. Um, you have the farmhouse in Northampton. That's from issue 11 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original Mirage uh, books. The battle with Splinter, it, not the, the battle with Shredder, is the return to New York story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff from the comics in this movie, which I I didn't realize until I like read the comics a couple years, a couple months ago, and right. I was like, that's really freaking cool. Now, this is something that Jimmy will probably know a little bit more. Uh, more about uh, the turtle costumes were created by Jim Henson's Creature Shop in uh, London. Henson said they were the most advanced creations that he ever worked on. Henson was not a fan of the violence of the film. Yeah, though. that's I was going to say that. Yeah, that's um, the thing he always talks about. And I think like his son had to talk him into it. He's like, this is this is this is something we should really do. And he's like, I oh, didn't like the violence, but um, and of course the second movie is dedicated to the, yeah, the memory of Henson. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can't undersell. Uh, these turtles and how like they're believable. Um, I, I think it still holds up. I think the, the suit oh, work really still does. holds. Oh, it really up. does. Yeah. The I, fact I, that they could do like the back handsprings and whatnot in those suits is my yeah. bottom. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah. yeah. And I can't you have do that in my twenties. Of course, you have, I have someone playing the the turtle uh, just when they're acting, but then you have someone else who does like the the stunt work. So you have right. like two different turtles, sometimes more than uh, different turtles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of teamwork. Really. Yes. Oh, yeah, because they have to do someone off. can't work as well without the other, and someone's off the screen doing the the puppet thing. So the right. mouth has to work with the suit, uh, and I, you know, and of course the voice is coming through put in later. So yeah, it's a it's a pain. It's a pain, and it uh, they had very little budget to pull this off. And God damn it, they pulled it off, man. It, it still looks it. so good. Yeah. It, it looks fantastic. It's like it's the lighting has a lot to do yeah. with that. I've noticed that watching really the later well. ones, that the first one's the darkest and it also looks the best. Yes. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with that. The lighting in that movie is just mwah, chef's kiss. And once again, they're kind of going towards the comics. The comics right. were, you know, mm-hmm. very dark, black and white yes. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the cartoons were full of color by the time you got to season two. It didn't right. feel like the cartoon. And I was the, I love mm-hmm. that about it. I'm like, this is kind of, I don't say adult, but like... It it's low, it's low budget and uh, yeah, Raphael says damn. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that was a big thing. That's but the it first just time I ever got in trouble for cussing. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, Danny's father said, "God damn it!" Yeah, yeah, it just felt shadowy. Yeah. And you just, felt, you just it loved it. Scary, scary like an eighties movie. It was. felt like yeah. it was done by Laird and Eastman. It did. Yeah. It, it, did. it didn't feel like it was done by Michael Reeves, which I love Michael Reeves, but it was it just didn't feel like it was a Saturday morning type of deal. I didn't expect to see you know Crane coming out with the big like Marshmallow <laughs> Man costume or whatever. Uh, most big studios like Disney, like Fox, even Paramount, who currently own them, they all turned the film down for distribution because they were, they feared it would bomb. 
kind of like a message of the universe. It's a message of mm-hmm. the universe was a huge uh, bomb at the time. New Line Cinemas uh, were, were with the studios that end up acquiring the rights, and it and I bet you that they're happy that it did because it became the really? highest grossing independent mm-hmm. film up until 1999 when Blair Witch was released. New Line does it again and again. Yeah. Before that, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yep. It was New, Line. New Line was the house that Freddie built, and then yeah. it was the house that uh, Turtles kept kept That's going. Right. And then Lord so. of the Rings paid for the gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's the trilogy. So when we go through each movie, I'm going to read the synopsis from IMDb. A lot of these are kind of short and kind of fun to just kind of read out loud. So this kind of gives our... our our listeners a little bit of an idea if they haven't seen it lately this is what happens so the synopsis the imdb synopsis for the first 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtle movie says four teenage mutant ninja turtles emerge from the shadows to protect new york city from a gang of criminal ninjas yeah i mean that kind of sums it up yeah i'd say so and we're gonna go ahead get into some fun facts this one I really like. Robin Williams helped Judith Hoke get ready for her role since he was a huge fan of the comics. I think he even huh. let her borrow some of the comics. Oh, that's awesome. I kind of yeah. wonder if he owned Very the nice. first issue. That That's what I, right. I've got to wonder. He probably did. Because I'm sure he owned issue two because literally I could go to Comic Book World and buy issue two. They have it there. Right. It's not cheap, but they have it there. Right. But issue one, very, very hard to find. I'm so. sure he probably did because, you know, Williams has been around in, you know, film since the 70s. So, and he, if he was a fan of the Ninja Turtles, you know, comics at that time, I'm really certain he probably had issue one. Yeah, he was working on, uh, the movie that Judas did before Turtles was a movie with Robin Williams. And he was a known nerd, so it's oh, not, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. his yeah. daughter's and name is Zelda, and it is named after the video and, game. And she really does, a, that. does a voice on Rise of the Team Ninja Turtles, which is mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another fun fact, Shredder's Hideout was filmed at an abandoned cement factory that was also used in Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Dino Hatton. <laughs> that scene, we, me, uh, Billy, and Jimmy did a video reviewing that on yeah. YouTube. It has the same look, kind of. It really does. Yeah. And they all, another thing that was filmed there. This is something Mike really knows well. Uh, Top Dollars Nightclub from the Crow. Oh shit, hmm. that's cool. Huh. So, yeah, a lot of a lot that. of like iconic like spots oh, wow. were, yeah. were filmed there. Uh, here's one thing I thought was interesting. One of the early ideas. This was just an idea pitched. It was vetoed pretty immediately. But an early idea for the film. Had it being having a Robert Rab, uh, not Robert, that's my middle name, a Roger Rabbit feel, where actors would interact with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon characters instead. Do you think that would have worked? No, I do not. If we never saw the actual 1990s one first to kind of mess up our perspective, yeah. If we had no <clears throat> preconceived notions of what a turtle movie should look like, yeah, it might. I don't think it'll be the movie we wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. But I, it, 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 I, there's a part of me that has like morbid curiosity to see that now. I would, Jimmy, I don't want to spend money on it, but Jimmy, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts because you're a big Roger Rabbit fan. Uh, well, I'm sure that they Roger Rabbit was still a big hit. So well, uh, they were a couple of years later. Yeah. yeah, they were like, "How do we? How do we do this turtle movie?" And that's the way that they they're like, oh. but well, obviously that's not the way this uh, that this movie needs to have a very physicality for the way it's physical and uh, you, it has to be live action. You have to do it the way they did it. Also, most most of this movie was filmed in North Carolina. I know it, it looks like New York, but it. Uh, I think they did a couple shots from New York, but it's mostly in North. Carolina. The opening montage kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Man, it's, it's weird there. seeing those twin towers. Yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of that in the first and second movie. 
this is the last film that Jim Henson worked on. Mm -hmm. uh, he died less than two months later of strep throat. So yeah. remember, guys, if you have strep throat, go to the doctor. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that, that is one yeah. of the most saddest losses that the world has ever had. Right. Um, I remember the day my dad picked me up from school and he, he told me. Really? He's yeah. like, one of the greatest died today, Jimmy. And I was like, who? And he's like, Jim Henson. And I think I, I think I might have cried in the car, probably, because um, the special of where the Muppets went so to. So that's that's what I, I remember watching. The special. That just happened, and I was like, "Well, how could he be dead? He just did the Kermit." And I, do, I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't yeah. understand. But of course, he he, he knew was Kermit to us. He was, yeah, yeah. He and and oh, yes. and you know, he at that point, uh, the Muppets were kind of going to be parlayed into Disney. It was going to be a bigger thing, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just awful timing. I mean, there's never there's never a right time to lose someone like Jim. No, no. Uh, another fun fact, Judith Hogue was not asked to return for any future movies due to being, and I'm going to use quotation marks here because this is a movie in industry and a lot of people are full of shit, so we don't know if this is true or not, that she was, quote unquote, difficult to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, she apparently was not a fan of the six-day shooting schedule. Neither would I. I mean, that does sound rough. Yeah. She did not like the violence in the film. Mm -hmm. uh, she vetoed the cartoon jumpsuit. That was supposed to be in Good there. Call. Good yeah, call. Yeah, I'm not against that. Yeah. The, the being agree. against the violence thing, like, did you not read the script? No. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, she read the comics, even, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And she was also, and I, I get this as well, she's mad that a lot of her scenes were cut, which she's in the movie. Of, um, mm -hmm. Right. She's in the movie, she's especially like Paige Turco. Oh yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I always heard that there was like uh, test numbers, like l little kids, little boys were said in, in the test screenings that they found her kind of abrasive, um, and that had something to do with the recasting. I can see that. I can see that because this is a confession. When I was growing up, you would think I was a huge fan of Judith Hogan. This movie, and I, I kind not. and I kind of wasn't. And no. now she's like a steward for the brand. Like uh, right. she's been. Yeah. They made two NECA figures. She's always involved. She's a sweetheart, mm -hmm. um, and I love her as April now. But I, I don't know. I don't know what I was fucking thinking. To be honest, <laughs> maybe I was still mad about the Leah Thompson thing. But you were an eleven-year-old kid. I don't, but I, I was just like, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. Felt. I think because right. she yells at, uh, <laughs> maybe because she yells at Casey Jones, and I was like, she seems mean like my mom, um, but she's amazing. She's fucking amazing. <laughs> Is that what turns you down about most movies when somebody yells at another person? Because <laughs> they remind me of my mom? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> shuns you for the whole thing. She's great. Ninja trauma teenage. Corey Feldman claims he was only paid fifteen hundred dollars for voice work on this movie. Probably fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, he was he was hurting for it too. Oh yeah, uh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. He wasn't uh, I think he would be. He we'll was, get, we'll talk about that a little later. Though. We're talking like he was, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Let's say still at this point he hadn't gone to rehab yet. Yeah, not yet. There's a reason he was not uh, in the sequel. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, I was mainly just mentioning that he, he was raking in. Or his parents probably were. <laughs> his parents were. Yeah, when, right after Goonies and all that. One of, one of the most fascinating things, I think, about this movie is the fact that Steve Barron was fired as director near the end of the production huh. because uh, the, uh, the producers thought the movie was a little too dark. Mm -hmm. So the editor, who is uh, Sally Minky, uh, Minky, she's worked with Tarantino, Tarantino. on a lot of yeah. films. Yeah. This was actually yeah. her feature film debut. Amazing. And she, uh, she composed the rest of the film after Barron got fired. So I think that's really cool. Back to Splinter being a puppet. It took three puppeteers to operate mm -hmm. Splinter. It is such a perfect it's, puppet. It's, it's, it's amazing. A, it's puppet. the yeah. best puppet that Not ever wrong. puppeted. And finally, I've got to, I've got to talk about the uh, first pitch that was given for this movie. 
It's just ridiculous. But I would kill to see this. The first pitch was that the turtles would all be voiced by comedians. <laughs> Those comedians being... And it doesn't say who would play who. And I want you guys to figure out who would play it's who. It's the year 1992. Oh, oh my god. Oh, and it was... Yeah. But remember, <laughs> it was casted in probably 88. Yeah. Yeah, um, All right, give them to me. Your cat, your your comedians that they wanted to do is Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would Gallagher be? <laughs> Donatello, I would, I would oh, say. I guess. Maybe? Uh, <laughs> Sam Kinison. There's Raphael. There's Raphael. Way too angry to be anyone oh, yeah. else. Bobcat Goldwing. There's Mikey. Michelangelo. Oh, my God. Actually, I feel like this would be, might be... How this could be good, Leonardo or Donatello, Billy Crystal, Leonardo, Leo, Leo. Yeah, he's, yeah. Leo. he's just bland enough yeah. to be Leo. He really is. Yeah. Also, you look marvelous. Also, <laughs> in, a, in an early draft of the script, Baxter Stockman was in it, but they cut that pretty mm-hmm. early on. So we're going to talk about what we think about this movie, but we're going to start with only positive things, then we'll get to the negative. So, guys, what do you like? I'll start with Mike. What do you like about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990? I mean, there's not much that I don't like, even though I know you said we're supposed to no. talk about that next. But like, the, just I mean, everything from I mean, we've talked enough about the suits. Like, I'm I'm actually very big into special effects. I got really into it about ten years ago. Yeah. So going back and watching stuff that I always thought looked good before I knew what looking good as special effects means, and this movie 100 percent holds up. I mean, those things still look beautiful. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with the lighting because you can hide a lot in the lighting mm-hmm. and and in the camera work and whatnot, and they do that masterfully in this movie. I mean, I we could spend the entire episode just talking about how amazing those suits look. I can't get over it. Uh, but That's the, even, my first thing I have is right. they look amazing. Uh, the score is also fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, think that score, gets yeah, enough yeah, credit. Uh, J- John Dupree, who did all three of these movies. Nice. Oh, well, he, I think I think soundtrack's yeah. good on all three. Yes. Even the third one. And yes. he even he nailed it with the theme, too. The without, theme. It, yeah. the theme. without it being the just the theme from the OG yeah. series, just sort of Tooled with, like, he actually mm-hmm. has, like, a really good theme. It's recognizable. It, I love right. it then. And it feels like Ninja Turtles, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy, what did you like about the 1990 Ninja Turtles? I love this movie. Uh, by, by far, main thing I like, uh, I'm with Mike, the costumes, straight up. Yeah. The costumes were fantastic. I like the, uh, that it went, uh, from not being cartoonesque to, you know, like, the first, like, serious time we get to see the turtles in serious mode outside of the comics. Jimmy, what did you like about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990? The moment where they were going down the sewer, panning down the sewer, and the credits are starting, uh, and you hear them talking, we're awesome, bros. You know, dudes and dudettes, Major League Bucking is back in town. And they, they pauses, there's the title, and Leonardo jumps out, and you're like, holy fuck! <laughs> holy fuck! Like, it's this not happening. A, it's not a cartoon, but it was, like, in the theater, you're like, stop everything, stop! Because yeah. they looked amazing. They were believable. Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just... In 1990. And the commercials uh, at the time didn't... I think mm-hmm. they hit a lot they of the did. turtle stuff they at first. They hit a lot of it, yeah. um, I remember they were on Entertainment Tonight, they had the video, the Partners in Crime video. And that's the first time I really saw it. I don't know if that was before I saw the movie or not. But they just, they looked amazing. There's a scene in this movie lit by a candle. Where like Splinter, that's, I mean Shredder come. Um, I'm telling you, Raphael. Like I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to talk about right. it. Raphael comes home after watching Critters, yes. Um, yes. and Splinter's yeah. like, "Come here." He's like, "Get this. Wait till morning." He's like, "You will listen now." And like the camera is like right. It's like a foot away from a man in a turtle costume, 
and a, and a puppet, and it's a rat puppet, and it's amazing. You can see like uh, the, the the wetness of their eyes, and it's. I know like that Steve Barron was just like they're like we can't do this. We can't put a camera that's goes yes we're doing it, and it's it's the only one of these movies, even the later things that do this, where it's like you can just reach out and touch that and you can see that like the it's not sweat but whatever they put on the uh, or off yeah, head it's, it's just it's right. so real and it's so believable um and it's just amazing it's um again i'm getting goosebumps talking about it but uh, i i love that scene it's my favorite scene in the entire movie it, tr- it truly is magical uh things that i love and relatable it's very relatable. yeah and and it still is in 2023 yeah like i enjoyed it when i watched it back a, a few weeks ago uh once again, turtles look amazing. That's one of my favorite things. Obviously, I love the voice acting. The, the action was a lot of fun. You mentioned earlier that they're doing it in that cost, the costumes. That's it's just, still mind blowing to watch. Blows them do my that. mind, man! It's so good. It's so good. The movie's fun. The it's 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 funny. Uh, the Splinter puppet is immaculate. Uh, Shredder is scary. He's not like the cartoon where he's like a. Wibbling dolt. Right. He, he walks in that room and he hits he Splinter with, with his claw fist, and, yeah, right, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god!" And, <laughs> and he's chained to a wall. Yeah. And that—that's Shredder. That is freaking uh-huh. Shredder. And I, I love that they took aspects from the book in there as well. Uh, so I know we love it, but what are things that you are not big on when it comes to the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie? We'll start with Billy. Oh, da 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 da! Not enough action. I'll say that. I mean, there there was some action, but it starts out with, with a lot of action. Well, it's still like a PG movie. Yeah, so that's I, I get it. I yeah, get, it starts it. out with a lot of action, and then it gets into a lot of dialogue and there's sad, a lot of exposition. Yes, uh, quite okay. a bit of action. Okay. Not as much as another that. turtle movie, which we'll that. talk about at a later time. Oh yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I'm dreading that. But yeah, yes, I, yeah. I I can see that. I, I had to that. choose something bad, so that's about this movie. I had to choose that. That's Jimmy, what's yeah. what's a negative for you? when it comes to the original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, April and Casey have some great uh, Han and Leia back and forth bickerings, which work for me. Um, but at the end when they kiss, I'm just not kind of feeling it. It's a, it's a nice moment for the movie. But a- what does April see in this guy? I, just, <laughs> I don't get Because I've said I'm not a fan of these of this coupling in any of these things. I just like I don't see how I see April O'Neil. Uh, being into Casey Jones, yeah. I just I just don't see it, um, and I like these actors. It works for this because I grew up with it. This is like ask me what I don't like about my mom, uh, which is actually is easier than I imagined. For it. But, um, I care, uh, but uh, yeah, I just like when they're kissing at the end. She's like, "Why don't you kiss me? I got a report to do." I'm like, "No." No. no, it's a nice moment as the music swells, but I'm like, where is this going to go? Yeah. And we'll talk about it later. Where does it go when we get to part three? Mm. We'll talk about it, because I don't know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the next one here, just because I'm going to piggyback off that. My main reason for not liking it is, and I actually like when Casey and April are together, because like I said, they did that in the books back in the day. Um, but I don't feel like that romance is earned in this movie. No. There not. is no, no flirting. No, no, no. I didn't think there was much flirting, other no. than when they're like, I don't know, patching each other up or whatever. He doesn't prove himself in the third act. Like, there should be something. Well, well, what, he pulls the thing and squashes Shredder's face? Is that what he did to earn that kiss? Doesn't seem like it's earned to me. Like, if this was done today, I'd be like, okay, we save this for two or three for them to get together. Yeah, good point. The other, that's my main gripe. The other gripe is, it's very nitpicky, but there's a part in it that makes me groan, and that's when we see little baby turtles... First word being pizza, even though they've never ate pizza or heard the word pizza before. <laughs> right. It drives me nuts. Yeah. 
pizza. Shut up. It yeah. feels ironic the way it, they do it. Like it feels like it's like, yeah, you knew this was going to happen, so I, I, I'll let it go. But like, and also those little puppets are adorable. They're so, adorable. So, so but, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm fine with them saying radical or calabunga yeah, or whatever. Right, right. But like pizza, come on, Mike. What did you not like about the original turtle movie? Some of the dialogue's a little hokey. Okay, but that is that. to be expected with Ninja Turtles and the old so, rushed. Like, the very early Mirage books could be yeah. that way. They got right. better, but, yeah, right. they could be that way. Like, the turtle wax joke, and like, there's, like, a, a couple yeah. lines See, that are I'm just, gonna like... I'm going to be honest mm, with you, that kind of yeah. shit I love. I don't know why. I guess me being older now and being a dad, the dad jokes that are in all yeah. these movies just really do it for me. <laughs> so, not even mad at turtle wax. Uh, if you've listened to Almost Got em, Jimmy has a very specific way of grading each movie. Would you like to explain that to the, our fine listeners? Yeah, well, I watch the movie, and uh, I come up with a score. I don't want to go with just five stars or five whatever. I want to go with something that's specific to the movie. What are you, we grading this one based on? We're going with out of five Jose Canseco bats, but not cricket, because you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> I'm not writing that down. And I'm not saying that every time. So, well, at least say five Jose Canseco bats. Okay. That's, that's, that's you can fine. abbreviate. That's fine. Uh, Billy, how many Jose Canseco bats are you going to give this movie out of five? I'm giving it a five. That sounds good. Mike, how many are you giving it? Five. Jimmy? I'll give it a five, and I don't think it's just nostalgia goggles. I think this is, if this came out now, I think it would be the same thing. I think people would love it. Uh, for the low budgetness, for the realness of it, uh, I, th- I think it's a five, and it's not just because I love my mother and I grew up with my mother. It's because I think it's I think it's that good. I'm going to be the one contrarian. I'm going to give four point five out of five, just because I absolutely hate the April Casey ending. It's fair, but it is. But still, four point five. It's right. it's like a Melcher four and three fourths. I, I can't <laughs> imagine you'll be giving anything a five at this point now, though. Oh, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. As high as it gets. Today's show, we have something really exciting. It's questions and answers with the movie star turtles. Hi, fellas. So, has being in the movies changed you guys? Well, we changed our expressions. We're bendable, and our legs have gotten longer. So, Hollywood has changed you. Nah, we still like to kick foot. So, what's next for you guys? More movies? How about lunch? Teenage Mutant Turtles. So we're going from the original classic to the sequel that came out less than a year later. We're talking Teenage shit, Mutant. Was it really that quick? Yes. And it shows. <laughs> we're talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. It's released March 22nd, 1991. That It came out the, the year before. It came out March 30th of 1990. Uh, it was directed by Michael Pressman. The budget was $25 million. It grossed only $78.5 million. Do you remember when you saw Secret of the Oosh, Jimmy? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw uh, Turtles two in the in the theater. I I don't uh, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember more of the VHS experience. Uh, I remember uh, go, looking in like a Woolworths ad and uh, seeing the VHS was coming out because back then you had no idea. Like the movie comes out in the theater and then the VHS comes out like four years later when that long, but it just seems like a long time. So I was like, Oh, it's coming on on VHS. We have to buy it for thirty nine ninety nine or whatever a VHS was at that time. Um, so yeah, I remember the VHS part of it. I really don't remember watching it in a theater, although I know I did. And when they jump up in the air at the beginning, I, I popped. Uh, that's the best part of the movie to me. Turtle Mark. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, Billy, do you do you remember seeing Secret of the Ooze for the first time? I remember seeing it for the first time. Uh, I want to say it was in a theater because I was around eleven or so. Uh, again, I don't recall if it was actually theater or if I saw it on HBO. I uh, I saw it at the theater and the drive-in. Drive-in. I, I, I it may have been drive-in. Uh, it's a good chance drive-in. I saw this was a, one of the first movies I saw m- multiple times uh, at theaters and stuff like that. I love this movie as a kid. Things have changed. Uh, Mike, do you remember seeing Secret of the Ooze for the first time? I do actually. We saw it at the drive-in. It was, if I'm not mistaken, the Kenwood drive-in. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw it. That's where I That's where I saw it. Woods for Kenwood drive-in. That's where I saw it. Southside drive-in. South Park. South Park. I'm not sure. They're still around. Okay, I was saying I didn't know if they were closed or not because we usually go there because you know where my parents live. Literally five minutes from the South Park drive-in where they'll be at. Uh, I always remember looking at the big screen when we would be like on the way home from baseball. Driving by Gene Snyder, you'd yeah, see you it. That was always awesome. That's from that's Gene Snyder. about that. That's, yeah. that was awesome. And you could turn the station. Life back then. Yeah. You could turn the station to that station yeah. and hear the audio oh, yeah. passing by wow. for like a minute and then it's gone. Amazing. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, the first uh, first time I saw it was definitely at Kenwood Drive and I believe they were doing their one movie first then another movie second then we just replay the first movie yeah, instead that's of the true. third movie. Yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, and I, I, I loved it and I don't Love it as much as I used to anymore, but I do think I have a little bit of a different opinion on this movie than the rest of y'all, so this okay. is going to be fun. Yeah. All right, the cast for Secret of the Ooze includes uh, Paige Turco taking over for Judith Hogue as April O'Neil. Professor Perry is played by David Warner. Woot! Um, Waxwork. Yes. We got Robbie Rist and, and what? how did you pronounce it? So Brian Tochi is uh, Tochi. Leonardo, right? Yeah, but we're on Mikey. We're on Mikey. Oh, Michael Sisti. And Michael and Sissy yep. are Michelangelo. Uh, Don Tello is Leif Tilden and Adam Carl. Uh, Raphael is... Uh, what is that here? <laughs> oh, uh, Ken uh, Ken Trom. He went by uh, Ken Scott in that movie, but also Lori Faso. Uh, Leonardo is played by Mark Casso and Brian Tochi. Uh, Splinter is once again voiced by Kevin Clash. Kino is Ernie Race Jr., who we were talking about earlier. Uh, Shredder is voiced by David McLaren, but uh, was actually played physically by Francois uh, Chow. Super Shredder is Big Daddy Cold Diesel, Kevin Nash. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Razor is played by Mark Ginther. Toka is played by Kurt Bryant, and both of them are voiced by the legendary Frank Welker. Jimmy, uh... What are your, what are your uh, memories about Frank Welker in general? Because uh, we talked about him a little bit on the Batman podcast. Uh, I mean, you can go to Frank and go. Uh, I want three dogs in a fight, and he'll do them all at once. But he'll also say, "What kind of dog? What 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 breed and what size?" And he'll do him. He'll do three dogs at once. Um, he's it amazing, is. and he's it probably is. what was it? He's his IMDb is the. Biggest of any it's, other human uh, being. 1090, oh. I believe. Yes. I remember that from our other podcast. Just real Dang. real Ghostbusters, Scooby-Doo. Yep. Just... And he was a werewolf on that horrible episode. <laughs> yes, of yes he was. Any kind of growling or anything, cool. just yeah. Frank is the MVP. So what do we think of this cast? We have a new April O'Neil. What do we think of Paige Turco in the, in the part? I think if you treat it self-contained, we don't compare it to the previous movie, I like this April. I like, I like her just fine. I, it, well, nothing else. I like the actress. The, the, her role mm-hmm. in the movie is a there little bit different than the there first you know. movie, but much less. Right. 
But as far as the actual performance and, and the lady who did, I, I think she did a great job. And that was kind of because the second one was one that I watched a lot more growing up just because we didn't have the first one on VHS and yeah. we ended up with the second one. That was my April growing up. So I think that's another okay, reason that, that like that I have that attachment to her and I'm not so hard on her the way that a lot of people on the internet seem to be anymore. But Which I did not know that. Oh, I started God, doing everybody hates I anyone that isn't great. Everyone seems great. to hate anyone that isn't Judith Hogue or their OG series. Yeah, yeah. Anything other than that, fans seem to just crap all over and it's so frustrating. I feel like they're really mad she's not the current April, but we won't sure. get into that. <laughs> um, oh, I'm probably going to mention it a little bit, but... But uh, what did you guys think of Paige Turco as April? I was fine with Paige Turco as April. I mean, I, original, of course, Judith Hogue. I would have liked it to stay Judith Hogue because, you know, I, I, whenever people do sequels or anything like that, or, you know, a part two, I like to see the same, the same oh, characters. Oh, no one likes a recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah. Never. yeah I'm not a big fan of recaps. We like, well, I love everyone likes consistency. It's not just uh, movies. Everyone just likes the consistency right. of yes. life. Yes. Change is not fun. Right. right, but it is inevitable. <laughs> Jimmy, what did you think of Paige Turco as April O'Neil? Uh, well, she has no plot urgency or anything, yeah. and she just kind of dis. I think you were Brandon said this the other uh, texting. She just disappears eventually. She's just yeah. not really in it all that much. Towards the third act, she has yeah, it's just gone. kind of she like, out. well, we don't have Judith Hogue to kind of be the anchor anymore. Let's just. Yeah. She's definitely not the protagonist of this, as Drew the Hogue was in the first. She's got some nice mom energy. I like that part where she's like, I like to do a little chucking every now and then. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. And that goes with uh, the thing that you like, Jimmy, where April is obviously older than the turtle. Yeah, that she's yeah. perfect as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I prefer that, too. That yes. kind of bothers me about some of the cartoons. Too, Same here. The 2012 one. She gets a yeah. lot more to do in the next one, and I think she's serviced a little bit more... That not, she's not really April O'Neil in that movie, but like she gets yeah. more to do. Yeah, yeah, she has um, a lot. I don't really recognize her as April. She's just she's fine. It's right. she's not she's not the problem. She's not the problem. <laughs> not the problem. No. So we love you, Paige. Yeah, it's, it's not Paige, you. You're great. And it's Paige, not you. It's us. It, Neca, <laughs> this is for Neca. You also need to make a Paige Turco figure. You yes. should. Oh, you, yes. you, you've made yes, a couple of Judith from you, two and three. Yeah, yes. You made two David Warners. There's two David there Warners. Are. One in a suit and yep. one in the thing. They made. You kind of yep. have to do her. They too. made Judith Hogue as the bride of Frankenstein. Yes, exactly. So uh, maybe it's uh, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she didn't sign off. Maybe she didn't sign off on it. Maybe not. I don't know. But just we need to have that. Make that happen. You know. Because some 100%. people grew up, some people grew up with her as their April. Yeah. So they, you know, give, the, give them what they want. And I, I want to remind everybody that Jimmy had an encounter with Super Shredder back in 2009 <laughs> in Chicago at a convention where he got in, in Kevin Nash's way. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so Jimmy was just kind of doing his like I don't know where I'm at type thing, and he like crashes into Kevin Nash and Kevin Nash oh he actually bumped into him yeah I don't and Kevin Nash like looks down like this motherfucker <laughs> and Jimmy just kind of like turns around and looks up like oh super shredder <laughs> was it in an elevator or was it in like one of those rooms where people talk it, it was uh, it was just out and about I okay. think it was just like in a, it wasn't in like a panel room or something like that it was I believe maybe even the day we were, we were leaving it was because it was near the end of the trip but yeah it was just like this big tall Big Daddy Cool. Diesel, me and the Russian from Punisher. Exactly. Me and Mike are huge wrestling fans, and we're going to talk a lot of wrestling in this episode. So I'm, I'm, there's more wrestlers to come. So right. I'm wondering, is Kevin Clash on Cameo, Brandon? I haven't looked. Because we need to now. settle this. I know Paige we need to settle this Judith, bad blood. I know Judith Hogue and Paige Turco are. He doesn't remember you. You never know. I doubt that. 
I mean, Judith Hogue is on cameo. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. oh yeah, she is. Mm. Well, cool. All the April O'Neils, even Renee Jacobs, is on there too. Oh, nice. So uh, the uh, IMDb synopsis for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Two Secret of the Ooze goes a little like this: The Turtles and Shredder battle once again. This time for the last canister of the ooze that created the turtles, with which Shredder wants to unleash an army of new mutants. That's a long sentence, but I copied it word for word and comma for comma for comma. Um, before we talk fun facts, I guess you kind of already answered this. Who is your favorite April of the two? I'm guessing uh, Judith Hogue for everybody? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So let's do some fun facts. This movie was fast-tracked, as I said earlier. It came out less than a year. Yeah, Not I, even a yeah, full yeah, 365 days. Yes, yeah, insane. Yeah. Which I, my little kid brain was probably like, Oh, already? Yes. Because <laughs> right. I probably didn't notice that movies usually don't come out for like three years or so. But it was fast-tracked because they thought the franchise was going to burn out. Because they thought it was more of a fad. <laughs> fad. So they didn't want it to burn out so quickly. And they wanted to strike while the iron was hot. Now, Eastman and Laird didn't want Shredder to be the villain of the sequel. They actually had a lot of thoughts on this movie. Mostly negative. They did not originally uh, Bebop and Rocksteady were supposed to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. But they hate Bebop and Rocksteady. At least they did at the time. I think they yeah. turned around on them. Yeah. Now, I wonder what they would have looked like in the movie as Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, that could have been uh, a lot of fun. I mean, I assume they would have nothing else take Token Razor's place. As the, well, that's, you know, that, that Token Razor took their place. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. I feel like they would be harder characters to pull off in that, yes. in I feel that like, in the suit I, work. Yes. I feel I like think. it would be interesting. I think Bebop yeah. would have been Especially, really hard to pull off. Yeah. And I think if Jim Henson was still around, maybe... Could have, I don't know. I yeah. feel like they're... I feel like it would have been interesting. Token like Razor always felt kind of kit-bashed to me. Yeah. Like, I, I love the designs now, but it's like, you, you waited till Friday, and this yeah. was due on Monday yeah, kind of thing. I mean, they're, I love them now. They're adorable big babies, but, like, they're just not... Mommy! Yeah, they're just, they're just not. <laughs> yeah. They're not. But they're all welcome. They're welcome to play in the pool with us. Yeah. You know, I love them. <laughs> and they actually showed up in the cartoons, briefly, right? Yep. Yeah, they sure did. Right near the end, right? Are they babies in that? I can't remember. No, they're very smart. Toka, that's yeah. a very nice thing you did there. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you very much, Razor. I don't know why oh, they're... Oh, I think uh, they're really fun. Yeah, they did a whole thing. Really fun. And then in the 2012 cartoon, Toka is like the size of a planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. looking forward to it's that. A, it's a very interesting twist. <laughs> Razor is a very spooky character in that. Mm -hmm. Hey, basically a skeleton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Corey Feldman was not asked to return in this one because he had just went to rehab. Yes. Um, the violence in this movie, of course, was toned down big time. Oh, the yeah. Turtle's weapons were barely used. I think Donatello right. used his bow maybe like once. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Leo but, throws his swords in the ceiling yeah. and then grabs and, and then kicks grabs people. Yeah. But like, yeah. But, yeah. but no turtle made physical contact with Shredder the entire time which blows my mind. I didn't realize that. Most of the fighting was basically kind of like choreographed dancing and they put in a lot of grunts like, oh! Ah! Oh! Make it sound like that they're fighting, not that they're in that adult-oriented film that we're totally going to watch before the podcast ends. Episode 5. Episode six. Six. Episode six. It's, then we could be like canceled for real. Six and um, a half. Oh. Now, the movie that Eastman and Layer did want was a movie that involved Baxter Stockman. They wanted Baxter Stockman, the Mousers, and, and and possibly even Rat King, which I think could have been interesting mm -hmm. yeah. back in 1991. Mm -hmm. But if you only have 360 days to put this movie right. out, 
Man, you, but they hadn't even filmed it yet, so they filmed right. it, edited it, and then put it out. That that's that's all coming to my mind now. Right. I didn't even think oh, about that fast. right now. But the post production oh, stuff getting done that fast mm-hmm. is bananas. Man, mm-hmm. that is that that's just that's just too much. Uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop returned, but Brian Henson was not involved in this one. He uh, the the Henson family was really good friends with Steve Barron. And Steve Barron wasn't brought back because of all the stuff that happened in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Henson shop returned, and the turtles still look amazing, in my opinion. Uh, okay. no, you, not, you see them a lot better because okay. of the lighting. Well, and that, that that's a problem. My, yeah, I was that's saying that goes back yeah. to my previous that one, where like, I think that's one of the reasons they look so good in the first mm-hmm. one. The second one, they look more or less the same, except you just see a lot more They're how lit bright so differently. Yeah. Yeah. the movie is. And it, it's more like it, the cartoon lighting. Yeah, yeah. So and like, then we went full cartoon because we did. Obviously, I mean they're 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 taking out people with sausages and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it it's a, silly cold, time. Cold cut combat, I believe. <laughs> oh, Ninja Cowboy. Ah, I don't care. I love it. There are some really bad, Stupid. really bad puns in this one, and yes, Ralph Nader jokes too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's the weirdest thing is those references to things that are like so 1990s yeah. oh, and yeah. just yeah. very strange. Yeah. There, or no, that's the first one where he does the Humphrey Bogart voice. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. Right. But that's in the, the cartoons, yeah. too, yeah. multiple yep. times. Yep. He does Stallone in that, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cagney. Yeah. Also, the original script of this had Professor Perry. Uh, John uh, Also, originally, the, the script had Professor Perry being revealed at the end in a cliffhanger that he is actually an Utron. But he was not supposed to be Krang. Krang was not in the, in the books. Right. Uh, the... The idea was cut essentially because they didn't want kids to be let down to think that it's going to be Crank. Is this maybe why it's T G R I in the movies instead of T C R I? So they don't have to. So they they have their little way of saying like, oh no no, that's why there was no Crank in the building because it wasn't a T C R by building. It was a T G R I building. I thought about that, right. but that's a very good possibility. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, and I have to ask this very important question before we start talking about what we like and what we don't like. What do we think of Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice? <laughs> it is exactly what it needs to be. It's dumb, stupid fun. If anybody heard even one second of that track and thought anything other than this is about to be dumb, stupid Vanilla Ice rap music, I don't. What, what could anybody even possibly expect after hearing like 15 seconds of that? <coughs> it's Rob Van Winkle's second most popular song <laughs> ever. I mean, I was 11 years old. I, I was like, Go Ninja Go. Oh, I was obsessed with it as a kid. After... Same. About a, you know, like doing it for like a week or whatnot, I was done with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a little too much. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go on with something else. Jimmy, did you like it? Uh, I, I did love it. Uh, I remember uh, my friend Dave and I were watching, it was on VHS, and his brother walked through the room and he was like, What are you watching? <laughs> That's a fair question. And <laughs> Vanilla Ice is walking into that with no context. He, oh, he's like, Is this the one with Vanilla? Oh my, there he is. And he stood there just laughing. And we didn't understand why he was laughing, but he was older and knew that it was. He, that he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew that this that this was really sad. Not yeah. sad, but just cheesy as yeah. F. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't know it yet. Um, but soon we would. But uh, I, I still love that part of the movie. Um, I love it too. And yeah. I love that uh, that I still, like, he performs it still. And, like, he's, uh, it's in the new movie, right? Yeah. It's, uh, for a hot yeah. second. For a hot second, yeah. And that's, Which I that's think, great. I think it's a little weird because they were talking about mm-hmm. they didn't want the original, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme right. in there because they didn't want it. 
to date the movie, but I'm like, you put Ninja Rap in there from 1991. That was one of the things I liked the 2012 series. Did Mikey would occasionally like hum the original and, series? Uh, yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. But like, he didn't yeah. have to actually play the song. Right. I just yeah, thought it was yeah. just weird that they were like, oh, we can't use that song because it's too old. But they put Ninja Rap. <laughs> it is a little bit weird, but I almost feel like the the it just feels pretentious. The, well, like the campiness of Ninja. Like, all right, so bring it back to wrestling for you. Ninja Rap is the same thing as Real American. It yeah. might not be a good song, but goddamn it, when oh, it starts, you're going to get excited. There's, there's a reason that it's when, dripping with nostalgia. When uh, a bunch of us used to go karaoke, that at the end of the night, yeah. our karaoke god Groucho would play Real American. It would. Yeah, that, that's how I know what that song is. I'm like, that's the Groucho song. <laughs> What's that Robert Derringer or something like that? Uh, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer. Rick, Rick yeah. Derringer. Yeah. So, what did we like about Secret of the Use? What What did we like about it, Mike? Uh. My stance on this movie is, it, and I know at least one of you's probably heard me say this before about anything, but Halloween Six. <laughs> okay. As an, I like this movie. I understand why others do not like this movie, and I will not defend it. But I just, I don't know the movie, and I think it goes back to a lot of it is childhood nostalgia. Never about say, but a, very nostalgic. But also uh, back to a point I mentioned, I think, on the first episode of our podcast. <laughs> Where, like, to me, Ninja Turtles, at the end of the day, needs to be fun. And if nothing else, that movie is fun. Oh. It might not be the best script, and yeah, April might not be as involved as she was in the first one. Holy shit, that thing goes for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it, does. Uh, it does. But yeah, I, I still had a lot of fun with the movie, even though I wholeheartedly admit, yes, it's trash. Yes, it's a bad movie, but it doesn't stop me from enjoying it. Billy, what do you like about Secret of the Use? Um, I like that it was... The next Turtle movie. I was excited to see another Turtle movie, especially when I was fell in love with the first one. And, you know, 1990, when we just talked about it a moment ago. And I was excited. They're like, yes, yeah, so I see a new one. It's like, oh, New Mutants. This would be fun. Mm-hmm. Which And also is one of my downsides to this <laughs> movie as well. We'll get there. We'll get there. Jimmy, oh, yes. what, did, what did you like about the movie? I'm having trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked the Vanilla Ice part. I, I When I was a kid, I loved the whole scene where they break the wall down. I'd watch... Here's what I would do. I don't know most of the movie. I know the first part where they come jumping up and there's the there's the uh, the logo. And I think they use the logo from the cartoon. They do. Mm-hmm. The which is weird. They did that for the first movie too, but they don't use it for any of the advertising, which is strange. Uh, and I love that first fight with the cold cuts and all that stuff. Because, oh, yeah. because I don't like that one. Because the credits like come up and then someone hits the credit and it flies off. Yeah. And like they're in, they're interactive. Yeah. And like I like doing stuff like that. Uh, so I love that part of the movie and then I don't know what happens. Because it doesn't it's just <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff that happens that doesn't matter. And then at the end, um, they try to feed donuts to uh, token Razor uh. and they knock down a wall and then there's that whole musical scene. And I like that scene. Um and then occasionally it cuts and we go back to Kino and Splinter talking. And I don't know why that's, that, I don't know why, so angry. That, that, I don't know oh, why yeah. that's there. Like that comes out of nowhere. Do we like Kino in this movie? I like Kino. I mean, obviously we like our, I like the ratings. actor. I like the actor. I, I'm, I, I'm the same way. I like I the actor, but the not the It was the 30th anniversary of Surf Ninjas, by the way. Nice. I like the actor, but not the character. Yeah. Cause I was at that age where I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like what? What? What's going on? Is that like, so uh, kids could like identify with somebody. I think that's what that yeah, was. I, and I was starting also, to get hip to that kind of maybe stuff. Maybe so you didn't have to have Raph to do some of the shit that Kino was doing. Mm-hmm. You okay. Split up. Yeah. There's a little division of labor. And they have a good too. dynamic. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a nice they dynamic. They have a good na- dynamic. Yes. That's I, my good thing to say about the movie. They have a nice dynamic. Kino and uh, Raphael do. 
I found Professor Perry delightful. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. No, and David Warner. I Warner's thought great. he was yeah. just yeah, fun. Like he he showed up to work. That's all I got to say about him. Uh, the the turtles still looked great. They still sounded they still sounded great. I thought I love Super Shredder at the time. It's stupid, dumb, fun. I mean, look at him over there. It's, it's dumb. Oh, the, the design it's amazing. is amazing. Oh, it's yeah. fun. It's, it's fun. Jason X and is what that design is. Yes. Kevin Nash yes, is Jason X. Right. It just yes. makes me happy. Which, by the way, this was before he was even Diesel. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. like Vinny Vegas This was like, I would say, this would have been like Oz, Vinny Vegas. Man, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. I did not realize that. Because he had like blonde hair on set, I think. Ooh, so that really? would have been Oz, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Shredder's new look throughout the film as well. He's very bladey. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the third act is fun. Yeah, it's, it's There's a lot of weird stuff in it, but it's just fun. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Love it. Uh, what do we not love about Secret of the Ooze? We're going to uh, start again with Mike. Uh, one thing, and I don't know if this is even accurate. This is just how my eyes perceive it. I feel like the, the Kuru Kabuto, so Shredder's helmet, is novelty size large in this movie. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's extra, but I like, I like large. extra. I like extra. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's like a buzzsaw. Right. That would <laughs> yeah, be one thing. comic book you have to me. That's true, but when it. the rest of it, it's not proportional to him in, in the way that I feel like it needs, or at least that it was in the first one, and it, it looked a lot better in the first one. Uh, also, that whole scene in the TCRI building, where... TGRI. Yeah, TGRI, <laughs> sorry. Where, where Donnie <coughs> cracks his knuckles and does all his awesome hacking, which is literally just pressing the down key over and over again to go through a list. Yeah. I always love 90s movies that hack, and they're like, I'm in. Yeah. It looks Take a drink so basic. That. It's yeah. so... Ta- and, like, literally everything in that scene, for as much as I do still like the movie, that scene, for some reason, just it just it's trash. Every, the set design's trash. The fighting is trash. Everything in that scene is garbage. It's a really little uh, area... Yeah. I think. And they're all crammed in there. And I think that it's just, you don't get, they're throwing the, the, the canister around like it's a football yeah. and you're like, you're in a closet. There's just not yeah. enough room then, for what's happening. And ah. then, and then the, like the, the, uh, there's some stuff in that movie where like, it's like they don't understand the tone of certain mm-hmm. turtles. Yeah. And that scene is a perfect example because the surfing on the chair and then just, whoa, and wipes out like you're, they're ninjas. And that was the smart one. Why, <laughs> why, why would he do that? that? That makes no sense for him to do that in that scene. Billy, what did you not like about Secret of the Ooze? Uh, quite Ooze. a bit. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you, both of you all have said thus far. Uh, I also, like I said uh, earlier on, and what I liked, I liked that there was new mutants or whatnot. But that's one thing I didn't like about this movie was there was new mutants. You didn't get ones from like the OG series, like correct? Got I, mean, yeah, I got yeah. brand new mutants, and they're babies. Yeah, babies, <laughs> and babies, babies. They were, they were dumber than babies. They were stupid. Very stupid babies. They do have other. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. What did you expect? I'll come out quoting Macbeth. <laughs> he was really good. David Warner. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought he looked like yeah. Kurt Loder growing yeah. up for some reason. I, I don't know why. Yeah. He, he lifts the material. That's why you yeah. bring in a guy like that. That actually yeah. is a really good You watched a lot of MTV, didn't you, Mike? I really did. <laughs> uh, Kurt Loder is the old one I always knew of. Him and Sway. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, was there anything else you didn't like about Secret of the Ooze? Uh, there's a whole plot element of them looking for a place to live. Why is that in yeah, the movie? Why is that in the movie? This is a turtle movie and I'm 11. Like, One of my big things is, why are we looking for a place to live for so damn long? And it's a cool place, but like... Right. It looks nice, but... Just, uh, 
Do that in one minute. Yeah. I, I like them living Not in a whole act. Them living with April is fun at the beginning, but like, there's They're just so like messy. a whole, and then they fight and then they do like the, the breakup thing where like Raphael runs off or whatever. Right. He um, does that apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that part of the movie. I'm just like, <laughs> it loses me. I uh, the things that I hate, I think the first 50 minutes are so dull. Uh, yeah. A lot of that is them looking for a place to live. Around the, I think it's the 48 minute mark when like Toka and Razor come in. At that point, I'm just like, okay, now I can kind of enjoy this movie because it starts to get a little silly, starts to get a little fun. Uh, April's role is lessened. Uh, I wish there was more April O'Neill. She's just kind of there in this movie. Uh, I didn't like th- that they had weapons the whole time and didn't use them. Yeah, it's a big I don't alert. need to see Leonardo like <coughs> impale a guy. But at I least would like to have him cut. At, him. at least have him cut some things down to like you know land on the foot soldiers' heads or something. I mean, Splinter it's, does use weapons as much as any of the turtles do in this it's, movie. It's now not that good. I think yeah. about it. It's it's a little too kitty for my liking, mm-hmm. and the jokes are just bad. Mm-hmm. Once again, Ralph <laughs> freaking Hater. I love how bad they are. Though. It's so bad, but it's not like. I don't even. I don't even think it's good. Bad. I just ah. Also, Kino uh, fat shames that girl at the beginning of the oh movie. Oh my yeah. god! I forgot about that. And it, it's yeah. cr- it's cringe. It's no, real it cringe. We don't approve of it. That's why. That's why he didn't come back for the third one. But before we get to that interesting movie, let's give a grade. Jimmy, what is our grading criteria for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze? Uh, I didn't say this earlier, so I'm glad I put it in the uh, this part. We are going with out of five. Bart Simpson glasses full of mutagen, mutagen ooze for the monsters to eat. That's the most 90s like scene ever. It by blew the way. my mind. It blew oh, my yeah. mind. Too meta, too meta. So, oh, yeah. uh, how many Bart Simpson glasses, glasses out of five are you giving this one, Mike? I was really hoping the rating system was going to be dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will give it a two and a half. Because, okay. again, I acknowledge that it's not a good movie, but that doesn't stop me from enjoying myself when I watch it. Billy. I'm going to give it a three because it seemed like the movie was rushed. Okay. And for being as rushed as it was, they did a decent job. That is a fair point. For yeah. a movie that was that, is that a, rushed. That is a fair argument there. Jimmy, how many uh, Bart Simpson glasses that say Calabunga did you give it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, I was going to give it two, but Billy made a good point. I'm going to give it two and a half because for a year... This is a mess, and it's rushed, and it's nowhere near as good as the original. But, like, I liked it as a kid. Yeah. Oh, I loved it as a kid. So I want to give it two and a half. And when I read, it, when I read the review in the, in the paper, because I would always read the reviews in the paper, they gave it a two and a half. So I'm going to stick with that reviewer uh, from 1991 and give it a two and a half star. Or two and a half uh, Bart Simpson glasses. Yeah, Bart Simpson. I gave it a two out of five, but you, you guys do make a good uh, argument there, in my opinion. You guys know what's next. Yeah, yeah the movie. It's inevitable. We have to do it. And remember, we have to say good things eventually. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, it came out March 19th, 1993, directed by one Stuart Gillard, or Gillard, 
it's something Gillard, like that. maybe. It's, Gillard. Gillard. It's, it's spelled like Dillard, but with a G. Yeah. Bastard um, either way for me. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Stewart's budget was twenty-one million. He made uh, he made a profit off it. He, it grossed forty-two million. Um, man, do you guys remember seeing this movie? Did you see it in theaters? Did you see it on VHS? Did you see it on Showtime? I did not see this movie for the first time until adulthood. Oh, really? So there were no wow. like nostalgia. Why didn't novels. you see this again? Uh, I just, I just didn't. Okay. Uh, just one of those like we weren't, we didn't go to the movies a whole lot growing up. So like, if we didn't, if my parents couldn't justify buying it on VHS, then I probably wasn't going to see it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't buy this one. Yeah, no, and then and, and it worked out. And I'm, I, I'm willing to bet if I wanted to, like, I probably had a cousin that had it, and I probably could have watched it then. But I just. One, I was pro- by the time this came out, I was probably starting to get into Power Rangers and whatnot. I'd be willing to bet, mm-hmm. so that probably dwindled my excitement for that movie to begin with. Yeah, Billy, did you remember seeing this? Uh, I remember seeing this movie. I want to see it at the drive-in, and I was not happy with the results. <laughs> <laughs> not happy with the results. I, I was excited to see again a new Turtle movie. Right. You know, they were really you know pushing out on. Uh, uh, commercials and whatnot about, you know, the movie not showing much. I was like, oh, they're being secretive with the turtles again. Yeah, this would be cool. Let's see what they're going to do this time. You figured you would have learned after the last one, man. You would think. <laughs> I, I, I thought there might be more, you know, going edge to go in this. Jimmy, do you remember seeing this for the first time? I, I do remember seeing it. Um, this got really bad reviews when it came out because I said I would always read the paper. Um, and I was at that age where I was like, no, I don't think. I was almost in high school when mm-hmm. this came out. I was in eighth grade. Uh, and I remember I was on the playground and there was a little kid there. Uh, at Simon, where I went with Billy, and we were talking about turtles. I was just talking to this this five year old about turtles, and I was like, "Have you seen that new movie?" He's like, "Yeah, it was awesome." And I was like, "It was," because um, like he was really excited about it. Well, that was probably his first turtle movie. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, if he thinks it's cool, yeah." So I actually have the ticket. This Your is person. the ticket. Oh, oh wow! Very nice. From Very nice. I saw Turtles Three Wednesday, March thirty first. Uh, was it ninety three? Yeah, it yeah, was uh, about two weeks after. At Green Tree, that's where I saw all the movies uh, at that time. I saw it in Green Tree. So yes, I still have my ticket, and I remember seeing it. And that kid was <laughs> <laughs> a bastard, like Stuart Gillard. <laughs> uh, also, uh, are we supposed to say what we thought about the movie now? Or not? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll okay. get there. We're, okay. How much was we, that? We won't, we won't spend a lot of time oh. on a lot of these. Uh, in uh, nineteen ninety three, a matinee was three dollars and twenty five cents. Marvelous. At a Cinemark theater, no less. And now, and now I'm depressed. I'm now mm-hmm. depressed. I remember seeing this because it was one of the few movies that I saw at uh, Oxmoor Mall when they had a theater upstairs. Mm-hmm. I remember that. A long mm-hmm. time I ago. I saw the Muppets Take Manhattan there. In like 94. Yeah. I saw <laughs> that and Five Will Goes West there. Ah. I love Five Will Goes West. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, I, I saw it in theaters and I liked it at the time. But, uh, I... Smartened up years later. Uh, the cast for this movie, Paige Turco returns as April, but also Elias Codius returns as Casey Jones. Uh, Walker is played by Stuart Wilson. Nord, Nor, Lord, not Nord, Lord Noringa is played by Sasha. Noranaga. Noranaga. Noranaga, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mitsu is uh, played by Vivian Wu. Splinter is voiced by James Murray. That's not Elmo. Uh, Mikey is Robbie Riss, David Fraser. Uh, Leonardo is Brian Toshi and Mark Casso. Uh, Raphael is Tim Kellner and Matt Hill. 
Donatello, Corey Feldman's back from rehab, and uh, Jim Raposa. And needs a job. Uh, (laughs) The synopsis for this movie from IMDb states, and I quote, When their friend April O'Neil discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, the turtles must cowabunga their way to the 17th century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of Lord... Norinaga. Norinaga, yeah. Didn't know cowabunga was a verb. It apparently (laughs) is. Some fun facts. All effects company took over where Jim Henson Creature Shop left off. You can really tell. On the turtle animatronic effects and puppeteer Splinter. Mm. Jimmy, any idea why the Henson Company left? Um, well, pretty much after Jim died, everything was kind of up in the air and in disarray because there was the whole thing with Disney that kind of petered out because they were going to do a whole Muppets wing of uh, MGM Studios and that didn't pan out. And eventually uh, Henson's company was sold to uh, a foreign company. So I, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Um, maybe it was just too expensive. I mean, this movie was made for, what, 10 cents? I mean, they probably just couldn't yeah. afford... Twenty-one million. Uh, they just couldn't afford the Henson Company to do it. Probably they're probably busy, and it was money. I'm guessing. It shows. It shows. the The concept of the movie is loosely based on issues forty-six and forty-seven of the Mirage book. The story is called Masks, but it's it's written by Michael Dooney. But what's really cool about this? Uh, I've never read these issues, but I have seen the covers and some art from it. Apparently, they fight a samurai dinosaur in this story. In feudal Japan, Japan, which is way cooler than that what is. we got. You mean to tell me they based this off of a book that had a samurai <laughs> dinosaur and did and not we include We didn't it. even get a... Mm. No, no, no hint I take back what positive things I was getting it's, ready to say. It's amazing. Stuart Killer. It's amazing Bastard. that this was based on anything. That that, would, that's yeah. what amazes me. Other than a fever dream. Yes. The, and, and based on it badly, yeah, apparently. Yeah, if this movie had a samurai dinosaur in it, I may have gotten... I may it give it a better cool. rating. Oh, five and, stars. Five, whatever Jimmy comes up with. It would have been Tammy and the T-Rex level. It would have been yeah. terrible looking. It would have been I would love to have seen what terrible oh, crap. Paul Walker and Denise Richards. Like pre-hysteria, whatever, with Austin O'Brien. What's the one where Whoopi Goldberg's a cop with a dinosaur? We're going to talk about Whoopi Goldberg in a minute. Yeah. I can't think of it. but it's Something Rex. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Anyway, it would have been wonderfully terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I'd like to point out this is the second time we've mentioned Tammy and the T-Rex on this podcast, by <laughs> That's the way. That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. Also in the original comic, the uh, time the timestress Renette was involved. Uh, she's mainly only in the comics, and she shows up in the 2012, the 2012 uh, animated series. So yes. we, That's we, neat. I'm kind of sad neat. we didn't get Renette. In, she ends uh, up being Mikey's little love interest, because all four of them by the end get like their own little... Yeah, yeah. I've, actually, like, I've actually seen like a meme with all four of them. Yeah. On it. it's a, it's, I like the episode where they get all four of them finally. Uh, also in this movie, as I said earlier, Casey Jones returns. But since violence isn't really allowed in this film <laughs> as much as the first time around, he's only a chaperone to the Time Lost Fucking Babysitter. This yep. also happens to be the last Turtle movie on VHS. Which Jimmy, do you have the VHS of this anywhere? Uh, no, I have it somewhere. <laughs> I had this. I recorded this off HBO or something when it came out. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 talk about the positive things here. Just the positive things. What can we say that was actually good about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3? I'm going to start with Mike. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I, it's not so much a, a direct thing that I like in specifics, I guess, but I remember disliking this movie a lot more the last time I watched it. I rewatched it uh, just last week to get ready for this episode. And I'm sorry. I didn't. 
I didn't full on hate the entire movie. There are other turtle movies I feel that way about, which we will get to. I ended up actually, for as much as I was like super against it, I ended up actually kind of liking the little bit of a friendship Casey Jones has with the, the Lost Time Lords or whatever. Okay. I agree. By the yeah. end, when, when the old dude the goes to... Song? Yeah, well, well, that, which I thought was awesome. The Tarzan Boy, right? Yeah. Uh, by Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, that on my phone but, for some reason. <laughs> probably because of Jack Terry. I'm oh, saying. yeah. Uh, yes. But so... Right. But so, like, at the end, whenever they're going to go back to their time, the one dude, like, kind of, like, hugs Casey and then walks off and then runs back in and hugs him again. And Casey, That's good, yeah. And Casey oh. also has that look on his face, like, oh, I think he actually kind of loves me. Is this what... Attach- is this what love feels like? Is this what, like, attachment feels like? Okay, we'll get, get out <laughs> hey, of here. Remember when we kissed that one weird time? <laughs> <laughs> See, and that was, to go back to that point, like, that moment was more earned than the kiss at the end of the first yeah. movie. Yeah. And so it I totally better. agree. That's, that's a good yeah. point. But as far as positive things, that's, that's yeah, that's about, that's about all I can think of as far as specifics. I, I didn't, I didn't hate the time period stuff as much as I remember hating it before. I actually thought some of it looked really good. Like them in their masks, when they're all like riding on the horses. No, yeah. Basically, when you can't see how terrible the puppet and uh, the puppets and animatronics are in this movie, they look a lot better. Jimmy, what do you like about this movie? Give me some positive here. Uh, I agree with Mike. Tarzan Boy is a bop. Uh, it was <laughs> then; it still is. Uh, I think they. What's fascinating about that uh, is uh, this is where I'm turning into Jimmy. Um, that actually was used in like a uh, uh, scope. Was it scope Listerine commercial? Mm. It was originally huh. in a Listerine commercial. Um, where it's like Lister- Listerine was like swing on vines, like Tarzan. Um, I've, I, uh, I've, yeah, I've seen that. Like, because the song came that. out in the 80s. Uh, and then I'm they brought it back for that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> brought it back for the commercial and then brought it back for Turtles. And it was a hit three times. Uh, so I think that's amazing. And I think it's been a hit four times. It's Rutgers. definitely yeah. had a bit more love over the past couple of years yeah. because of pro wrestling. Because yeah. like watching the audience react when that song would come on, yeah. he doesn't use it anymore, but like, the whole crowd <laughs> waving their arms yeah, and doing the whoa. It, it, it has. It's easy it to get swept up in that song. It's got a lot of energy. I bought the soundtrack uh, after that kid told me to watch the movie. I also bought the soundtrack, <laughs> and it came with a sticker. I actually, I have it in there. Oh, I still have nice. the the soundtrack with the sticker. Nice. Um, April enters this movie wearing a black leather jacket, short hair, sunglasses, and this hat. Oh, that's it's Jimmy chef's Sipe. it's chef's kiss. Pink Sturko looks great at the start of this movie. Uh, I like the walk. Is it the Walker? Is the villain? He's like kind of like the, yeah. the British. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he just feels he's like a colonizer. Let's let's call it. Yeah, it exactly. He just yeah, feels yeah. like the most off the shelf. But I think it's fun. I think he's funny, and I think the actor kind of makes something out of it when there's nothing there. I like the time travel element with the with the egg timer. I like that April keeps calling it an egg timer. And uh, when I was a kid, I'd rent movies, and um, my mom would watch them. She wouldn't watch them, but she'd say, "Let me watch it," and she'd. She, we'd put the, put it on and she'd do other things. And all I remember her saying was like, yeah, that ending was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We need Karen on the podcast. That's all I remember. Been brought up a lot. Oh, that's it. She's, oh, she's a cheap character. She's and great. actually, I think it is a very cute ending. Yeah. Uh, where Michelangelo doesn't want doesn't want to leave um, the lady, yeah. um, and then they go back. Actually, I like uh, I like that. I think it's cute. I think it's cute. Billy, give me some positive. About uh, Ninja Turtles three. If this movie did not have the turtles in it, I would actually enjoy it more. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, yeah. I, that's, that's fair. That kind of ties into a point I want to bring up whenever mm-hmm. we talk about yeah. the bad stuff. Yeah. If it didn't have the turtles in it, I would actually enjoy this movie much more. 
Yeah, my uh, my positives are I, I love the costumes. The like when the turtles are in the, the feudal Japan, like mm-hmm. the costumes. Mm-hmm. I like that. I I like <laughs> I like the the Tarzan boy stuff. Um, I like that Shredder's nowhere to be found in this. That they actually like took a a, a chance at something else. Yeah, I mean, not, not even but that's ballsy. You got to give them that. Yeah. Um, and I think time travel is a good concept, and them going to Japan is a good concept on paper. It is an easy concept to fuck up. A lot of people do yeah. time travel very but it, But it's one of those just like, okay, that, that could have been really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It feels like an episode of the cartoon. Like a one-off. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. And that's what I felt like. I felt like what, uh, also kind of a one-off of the, of the comic as well. Yeah. Um, There's really no reason to bring Shredder up when he got crushed by a dock. <laughs> God. And yeah, I didn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, none of us did actually. We did. No. Uh, Billy, I'm going to start with you on this one. What did you not like about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Three? I did not like the time traveling thing because it seemed like they were trying to do a Master of the Universe, and I was waiting for the World Order to show up. Oh, because there's because the egg time uh, is kind of like the Cosmic yes, Key, just like yes, the cosmic, yes exactly like the Cosmic. Key. I like that about it though. They're both bad movies, but I, I like you know, I like that about it. Though. I didn't like that about this, and uh, again, I didn't like that the turtles were in this movie. Uh, like I said, I was really excited to see my four Ninja Turtles that I'm used to watching movies of and have somewhat enjoyed in the past, and then this comes in and it's just nothing but majority of ex- exposition. Right. The mass majority of this movie is exposition. There's a lot of talking. There's a whole lot of talking. And then the you know don't get me wrong, turtles need love too. But you know with <laughs> you know our characters that we're you know fans of and whatnot falling in love in this one and what whatnot is just like inner species are rock. I don't want to yeah. see this. This is not what I paid money to see. Mush. I did not pay three dollars and twenty five cents. Oh, your parents cents. did. Your parents paid. It. My parents did not pay three dollars and twenty five cents <laughs> for me to watch this. Mike, what did you not like about this movie? All right, so go ahead and start dusting this off. Uh, one, the suits look like trash. The animatronics, specifically speaking, their faces, their mouths have a—it's almost There's like nightmare they, fuel in there, like guys. They, it, well, and here's the thing: is it almost looks like they tried to add extra points of articulation yeah. in the face yeah. so that their smile would go up a little bit more, and it looks awful. Yeah. Uh, also. When they're talking, it is very flappy like a puppet. Yeah, yeah. Their lips, you can see them, like, cave in a little bit as they come down. Like, it's just enough to where it doesn't look like it has for the past two movies. And I think part of that goes to it being so brightly lit. If you need an example, just turn the movie on. The first minute mm-hmm. will tell you, show you, I guess, everything you need to know about how terrible the rest of the movie can look. Because that opening... Dance Where they're dancing number. to the you know, like the dance Dancing number? to ZZ Top. Uh, yeah. It's a good ZZ Top song. Yeah. It's a great ZZ Top yeah. song. But, but oh, why? Why? Yeah. But why ZZ Top? Why? That's not exactly. Turtles at all. Right. Like uh, Hammer or something. No. You know? no. But more of, Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> but so, my big problem with this movie, and it is a problem that I have with the second one, is that it just, it, it doesn't seem like the movie that should have came after the one that preceded it. Yes. Which is the same thing you can say for Secret of the Ooze. It doesn't feel right. like the movie that should have came after the first one. Yeah. Like if you watch the if you watch Secret of the Ooze, a story that would make a lot more sense for the third one, which I'm still surprised they haven't done this until they kind of do with Mutant Mayhem spoilers. Uh, and the second one, they are seen by so many people, so many people in public. So, and I get that it was the '90s. Not everybody has a phone with a camera in their pocket at the time. I get it. But there are witnesses. There was at least there was 
the, the, the 200 people at that concert, they didn't just get seen. They fucking performed with these people. Yeah, yeah. They, they were in the, the paper. They were in the paper. Right. Splinter was so mad at them. So, like, why is that not the story of the third one? Is them being accepted by the public finally. And then all the stuff that would backfire from that. It could have been their Rocky Three. You know, they yeah. get a little cocky because of getting accepted. Yeah. Something like that. But no, we get this shoehorned in story that just didn't make sense in the, admittedly at that point, even kind of messy timeline. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah. just and, and then all the stuff that was almost kind of charming, for me at least, in the previous movies, like the crappy jokes and whatnot, don't hit nearly as well in this one. I wouldn't go so far as to say I hate this movie at this point. It is not Halloween 6, though. <laughs> I don't like it enough to say that. But I, I definitely didn't hate watching it this time. I can still, you know, whatever. It's still characters that I love, even if they look like they... My boy. <laughs> look what they did <laughs> to my boy. To your boy. Donatello boy. looks so terrible in that movie. And he's so bland. And it's it's kind of a problem. A problem I have with Leonardo in that movie is I think the reason that most people don't like Leonardo is because he's bland as shit in the third one, he's mm-hmm. bland as shit in the second one, and he's bland as shit in the first one. Like, he has nothing of his own to work with until, like, maybe the 2007 movie? Just yeah. speaking on films, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just it, a lot of the characters just came off bland. Kind of like how Jimmy was talking about what, what's the villain's name again? Walker. Walker, Walker. yeah. He's just... Bland. He's like a Xena, <laughs> like a Xena villain. Or that something. is a perfect way to describe <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it just just there's a lot about the movie that doesn't work, but it's not enough to make me say I hate it. So I guess I am eating a little bit of crow from the past on this one. Jimmy, what did you not like about Turtles Three? Uh, when someone uses the time travel thing, they switch clothes. With the person, <laughs> so like April is now wearing the clothes oh, of yeah, some like, the top like a samurai, and like, like now that yeah. guy is wearing April. So that's gross. Yeah, it's weird. and really weird. Like I know that they needed to have April wear the clothes of the character, and they needed to go. That's a really weird thing, writer. Mm-hmm. That's make a strange for a really funny show thing, with Mikey. Though it, it does with, with the, the clothes. Yeah. I, I, that's they, what they, did it they do pay it show. off, but yeah. I can't help thinking, ew. Just yeah, you. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and what what exactly? So April. So they need Casey to come and look after these four guys Maybe and Splinter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there ever any dialogue that April? What's going on? Like, aren't they like? Is he worried about April? There's no line. Is there any lines about any of this? There. He's just he's there. Just there. Like it's assumed that yeah. oh, that's his job. We yeah. don't know if they're together. I guess not because he's not like, "Where's my babe? What did you do with my babe?" Nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, there is a shot where they're together, like laughing when he's like, "Just like Blue Elvis and Blue White." There's a shot of them kind of yeah. laughing oh, together, I, which is weird. I but like, that. oh, that's so bad. That's weird. Uh, Can we I, talk about Splinter? In the I movie love and how Spl- it's clearly a torso. It, it's it's just <laughs> it's, it's just a puppet. It's just a guy down, and he's always. And not even a good puppet. Right. No, he no. can't even shut this the door not, of, the, Elmo, of, the, of the train station. There is continuity where it's the same place they lived. They found in the last one. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. This fur is so full. Though, it's so for bad. That to be oh, the it's same really bad. One from the first yeah, one. Really yeah, bad. it looks like the one that they have in the coming out of their shells tour has. Yes, has that a, is, and that has a full body. Yeah, he has like a spring scene <laughs> number in that. By the way, and that was skipping stones. That one wasn't even movie quality. Oh, it was. Just, it's embarrassing. Yeah, that, that, that's all you have to say. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going with it. <laughs> things I don't like. It's really boring. The movie's yeah. really boring. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not even like I like to watch bad movies now a lot, mm-hmm. especially since I've taken up uh, taken up the recreation that 
Mike likes to do. Whoa, why are we trying to throw um, me under the bus? Yeah, uh, I like to have candy imported from Colorado and watch bad movies. And this is not even fun to watch that way. Like, it's just boring. It's, which which I did, by the way. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's, Probably it's, one of the reasons I don't hate it like I used to. It, uh, it's just really worth and funny. It's a total waste of a, ret- of a returning Casey Jones, which should have been a lot of fun. Well, why did they do that? I, I honestly <laughs> think it's just like, hey, guys. Uh, Let's bring him back. We have Paige from the second movie. Let's bring somebody back from the first movie to show that they're all... Connected, maybe? It's probably probably pretty easy payday to produce awesome. on their part, too. I, I doubt the guy had a lot going on if he wasn't in the second one. Does anybody know why he wasn't in the second one? Maybe he was hard to work with. I don't think... I don't think... <laughs> Elias Coteus... Coteus... Forgive me if that's... Coteus. However you pronounce his name. Does he do conventions? Maybe we go meet him and ask him. It's like... Social. I don't know if he does. His, his social media seems to be a little bit like... Removed I, from. I'm guessing that. he didn't test well with moms because a lot of the changes they made for ooze was like stuff that you know moms were like. There's too much violence. You yeah. think like, moms are like I, I don't, Jones? I don't like Judith Hogue, and I don't. Oh, that oh, guy has long hair. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I care for my kids. What it feels like moms made a lot of edits uh, as far as as these movies went along. Did your mom make an edit? <laughs> my mom would have loved Elias yeah, Cody. Yes. My mom lo- would have loved it. She oh, never yeah. said, like, that guy was real fuckable in that movie, Jimmy. She never said that. <laughs> I think your mom would have loved I, Elias Cody. Yes, she would have. She would have. I also, also, the trails didn't look nearly as good as the other times, obviously. Too many spots. Um, I'd say the weird little spots. The spot, and, like, yeah. Were they like H spots or something like that? <laughs> Liver spots. Um, turtles. The movie felt unimportant in filler. <laughs> And there's just so many white people in feudal Japan. <laughs> it was just distracting. I'm like, man, there's more white people than Japanese people in 1792 Japan, but okay. Jimmy, give me the grading criteria for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, and let's get this out of the way as quick as we can. We are going with, out of five, antique time-traveling egg timers gifted by April, Shawing! <laughs> Mike, how many swings of of time thingies did you give this out of five? Well, I've got to make sure that it's not the lowest because it's not my least favorite. So I'm going to... I give really? it a two. Oh, we, okay. We, we talked earlier. Oh, we are... Okay, let's do oh, no, this. We talked earlier yeah, yeah, about yeah. what my least favorite oh, yeah. is. Oh, this is definitely uh, my lowest. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this two, though. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Billy. Got to have room to fall. Wow. Billy. Um, point five. Point five is what I gave it out of five. Yeah, point five so, is what I gave it. Point five this, from yeah. Billy and Brandon. Jimmy, finish us off uh, on. <laughs> oh, really? All three of us? I can't help thinking of that little better kid. Better movie than this one. He's got two hands. I can't help thinking of the little kid that told me he was like, it was great. Um, so I don't know. I can't give it. Be- I've talked. We've talked about this movie so much over the years, and given it's given me a lot of joy to talk about how bad this movie is. Um, it doesn't deserve. Two, but I'm going to give it to just because it's always there. It's a bit of a punching bag. Um, everything's terrible, <laughs> but um, I just I like that there's a terrible one. It's it's uh, it's it's not quite fun bad. It's not fun bad. But there no, is something. There is something. It's but it's fun to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm going to give it a two. And I love that NECA just made those figures uh, yeah. from the movie. I think that's. They amazing. look amazing. They, they look amazing. They look so do the Pizza Hut ones that I have. They're amazing yeah. that they're, they're doing that for fans. Um, I even want them, and I just gave the movie two stars. Hey, everyone, it's Jimmy. And surprise, surprise, our conversation on the movies 
went long. <laughs> so what we decided to do is, as you've just listened, this half of uh, episode three is for the 90s movies. Next time, tune in to TurtleCast, and we will talk about the remaining films uh, on into the 2000s and the new movie as well. So come back next week or whenever it drops and listen to our thoughts on the rest of the Turtle films. And uh, for Mike and Brandon and the other guy on the podcast, Cowabunga. See you next time. Someone's lost their head over new mini mutant turtle top playsets. Leo's gone military. Watch out, Private Diva. Now you're flying. Raph's a real slugger with his mini mutant baseball playset. It's going, going, gone. Don's tearing up the court with his basketball playset. Power forward Leo will even the score. Cave Bebop's dino playset prehistoric. Way to rock. Mini Mutant Turtle Top Playsets from Playmates. Heads are gonna roll.